What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. And I'm David. This is episode 132. And we'll be taking a look back at season six and do other fun things. Woo! This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much, uh, uh, David, for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. uh, lovely to have you. And uh, a little later on, I'm going off script a bit. A little later on, we're going to insert our fantastic interview that we had with none other than Alex Zahara. Uh, and in it, uh, I this is we recorded this thing like a week, week and a bit ago. Uh, David joined us on that call, too. And then about midway through or no, yeah, about midway through the interview, I realized that I did like it like a uh, welcome David in that interview, which made sense at the time because. It was just, we just hit the record button and we started talking. But now that I know that I'm going to stitch it into this episode, I'm going to end up welcoming David twice. So welcome, David. Now it's the third time. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> well, David, I don't want to be left out. So welcome again. <laughs> and I'd like to say welcome, Zach and Brent, to my podcast. Oh, hey. It's great oh. to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we're just making content left, right, and center. Hey, friends! This thing is an independent podcast. In case you couldn't tell, Uh, if you'd like to support the show, we've got a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Walking Through the Stargate. You have tiers and privileges. Tiers gets you votes for rewatch episodes. No, yes, right. Privileges gets you access to all the Patreon first stuff. We also have stretch goals, which are hilariously being met. and uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But that, uh, but those privileges are, it's really about the Patreon-first content. We put everything on the main feed, as I'm sure you have been noticing. We've dropped a, three episodes, I think, from our back catalog uh, over the past few weeks while we took a break, which was lovely. Thanks, everybody. And uh, you'll be able to hear things like uh, uh, The Other Side of the Gate, where Zach and David talk about spoilery things that I'm not allowed to listen to. You listen to uh, Stargate Second Chances, where your votes, that's part of the tier thing that we were talking about, uh, ends up influencing which episodes of Stargate SG-1 Zach and I rewatch, Zach for the seven millionth time, me for the second time, and then we go back and re-review it. It's much briefer than the first time, but we always end up giving it uh, new rankings, new Chevron rankings. Sometimes we're really close to where we were before, and sometimes there's dramatic differences. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, we also have uh, we've got we've got a new podcast. Uh, we 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 dropped the first episode of it uh, a few weeks ago. It's uh, it's the part of the stretch goal. So every month that we have seventy five dollars a month or more in contributions, Zach and I will watch an episode of Stargate Infinity, the animated series that is non canon. We watched episode one a few weeks ago before we even had a title, Zach and David. Uh, Indeed, since you, then you already watched it. Oh wow. Uh huh. And since then. Uh, we have a we have a we have a victor in what that podcast is going to be called, based off of a little uh, some suggested titles and then a little tournament that uh, that I ran with some friends of mine. Uh, friends, you'll be able to listen to Stargate Infinity. We lost a bet. A walking through the Stargate podcast, and so <laughs> episode one is already out, and uh, we didn't even have a title for it, so we just kind of left it as a robotic generic thing. But starting with episode two, Stargate Infinity, we lost a bet. We'll be uh, 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 taking care of business with that. Uh, Zach, I think, I think we're obliged to do a second one, aren't we? We are. Uh huh. So we uh, have some uh, thank yous to make, and I'm gonna jump around on our uh, show notes, but that's okay. Uh, I want to give a special thank you to Scotty and Elio. Did hey, say that thank right? you, Scotty and Elio. 
Scotty and Elio, uh, for joining the Patreon and supporting there. Thank you very much to both of you. Uh, with that, that does push us back up and over that $75 yep. mark. Yep. And so we will, as soon as we can figure out our schedule, get another one of those episodes recorded oh for our Patreon first. Oh, yeah. I am looking forward to hearing your conversations about the A-Team in space featuring you know, <laughs> Gus Bonner. The leader so, uh, of, I don't know what SG team he was the leader of, but, you know, I'm looking forward to listening to this. The uh, madness that is Stargate Infinity. Mm, I'll give you a tiny, tiny spoiler. A little bit of a teaser. Um, I, after watching episode one, thought that it did what it was supposed to do. Well, I was yeah. A little bit surprised at how well it did what I thought it was supposed to do. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, keep like, watching. Yep. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so friends if you want to be listening to that stuff that's on our patreon but if you're saying to yourself ha i'm not going to give in to your petty attempts to part me from my cash i say to you don't worry friend we've got your back on that one too as you have undoubtedly noticed we release these episodes into our main feed as we want to take breaks think other side of the gate episode seven is going to drop next week because we're still going to be taking breaks it's the holidays we're taking breaks but uh yeah if you want to support the show you can do that on patreon you get access to all this stuff if you don't want to support the show no worries you're an adult you can make your own decisions you can find us well you already found us a friend of yours wants to listen to more podcasts and they want to listen to stargate you tell them search for walking through the stargate apple podcasts spotify podcasts and google podcasts and your favorite podcast aggregators as well so uh ba ba doo oh oh zach yes brent uh, apparently we have a review. Yes, we do. A so review. we got uh -huh. this email. Uh, this actual email came probably a month and a half ago. Uh, we just haven't had a chance to do anything with it. Uh, from one of our Western Australia listeners, Yaz. Ooh, ah. uh, she produced uh, a review for us, and then her husband told us, told her that that we in the United States don't get to see the Australian Apple Podcast reviews, and so she sent us an email with it. Now, she says she loves the podcast and all of that mm -hmm. stuff, but she told mm -hmm. us in this email that she's not very funny, or she's not funny enough to make it worth a dramatic recreation or anything like oh. that. Well, we'll oh, see so, about that. How bad but, could it you be? Know, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, you know, I am going to read it word for word uh -huh. as she wrote it. And, and that's just what it's going to be. So, you know, you can decide whether it is or isn't funny. But A this live is dramatic reading? A live dramatic reading oh, by me. Who knows what we're going to get. Yeah, okay, well, okay. Uh, you know, I'm just going to read the words okay. that she wrote. And I just warn you, everybody, she's from Australia. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready. Yeah. Okay. Zach and Brent are fun to to. Great and walk through one of my favorite. So grateful this is a clean as I can listen to it with as I accompany them on their journey. Oh my God, yes. There really go. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Oh boy, we have to change that rating on your podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I suppose if somebody uh, wants to see an unadulterated version of that review, they can do so if they're in Australia. 
or find a way to mimic that they're in Australia. Or maybe you can screenshot it and post it somewhere. Well, I don't know. Nah. Can, it's going to be tough yeah, to get past some censors. You might know? get banned on your Facebook page. <laughs> I mean, I don't care about that. Maybe I'll do it. <laughs> Discorded or something like that. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was awesome. So thank you, Yaz, for that. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You, of course, can go to the Twitters at Stargate Walking and the Facebooks, Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group. You can also go to the Discords. There is information on our website, WTTS.space. Space. space. <laughs> or if you're boring, you can go to walkingthroughthestargate.com and get there, yes. too. <clears throat> yes, that's right. We but both. Uh, on the website, you can get some information about how to join us on Discord, and you are welcome to do that. Uh, there's some fun banter. It is at on Discord where Brent uh, asked for the names for the new Stargate Infinity podcast, mm-hmm. as well as walked us through the. See what I did there? Uh, yes. The uh, the uh, <laughs> brackets for the naming. Uh, process there. Now, so. I will, though, uh, so people could let us know about their uh, suggestions in a variety of different ways, and I did my best to capture everything, and I think yeah. I did a pretty good job. You did. Um, but there was somebody who wrote in by email with a title suggestion, and it literally made it to the final round. Oh, Yes. So the the solitary email suggestion that I found, and I'm very sorry if I missed yours, whoever you might be, because I really did try to get everything and I might have missed one, but I don't think I did. Uh, it was it was in the running <laughs> right up until the end. <laughs> but it was indeed a Discord user, uh, listener. Uh, yes, a person who listens, who uses Discord. There we go. Who ended up uh, earning the five votes for um, for uh, rewatch uh, episode, Zach. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So speaking of votes, of course, uh, mm-hmm. Brent, you talked about the Patreon. We've got several different layers of that. The joggers, the sprinters, the marathoners. There's even ultra marathoners if you want to go that high. Yeah. But you get different votes for the rewatch. Uh, and whenever an episode gets to 10 votes, we will rewatch that episode. Brent, we have some work to do because not one, hmm. not two, oh, but what? three episodes <laughs> in the last oh week and gosh. a half three? have skyrocketed to that number 10 spot. Wow. Good. <laughs> uh, Good luck so, to you. We're all counting uh, on you. So we have got Children of the Gods, which is, oh, okay. of course, the pilot episode. Yeah. The season three episode, Forever in a Day. Mm-hmm. And the season four episode, Beneath the Surface, have mm-hmm. all hit 10. And so we will, as soon as we can get those onto our schedules, uh, record those and then get those dropped uh, when we are able to yeah. on the Patreon feed first. And then, of course, later on for everybody. Yep. Now- let me ask you a question about one of those episodes, Children of the Gods, the very first one. Did you watch the original Showtime cut or the revised TV edit or the revised, revised whatever edit? Because I think there's... I watched the revised, revised whatever edit. Um, okay. I watched it when uh, MGM had that Stargate site, right? And they were streaming all of their stuff. Uh Stargate Command? Was that what they called it? Yeah, um, yeah they, they had a, an app, a Stargate app type of thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's exactly it. Uh, and that's where I watched it. And so it was not the original Showtime cut. And 
I'm 80% sure it was the revised revised thing because Zach, I think you were talking to me about yeah, it. Yeah, you you watched the 2009 recut that was dedicated to um, Don S. Davis. Okay, yes. Um, now, that said, um, David and Brent, Yeah. Um, when we rewatch this, I want you to rewatch the original Showtime cut. Okay. Um, not because it's especially better or not, but it's the original. Yes. Um, and if we, if you're struggling to find it, we'll get it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fine. Good. I think, uh, there's not a huge difference. The TV cut, cut out something that they could not air on the sci-fi channel at the time. Yeah. And the revised, yeah, no, revised aware. cut I, added yeah, a we few were talking things. About, yeah. The know, revised, revised cut, the 2009 one changed a lot in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, huh. Not least of which, and I think we talked about this. Uh, the ending, uh, the it, ending is is um, the the, I don't know the cliffhanger if go, ending. Changes. I don't know if I go dramatically different, but yeah, there are some differences, and okay, there's a few enough. dialogue rewrites. I think, but um, yeah, but whatever. We're going to go old school. Yeah, watch it as it was originally presented, and go. Oh, really? They were going to do go that way with the show. Mm-hmm. For yeah. the one episode, <laughs> so and so they were like, actually, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. Let's yeah. not do that. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, as you mentioned, Brent, uh, we will also be recording something about Stargate Infinity season uh, episode two uh, as soon as we get that on the March. That's from the uh, uh, the tears, the the the, the stretch goals. The next stretch goal, I believe, is at $200 a a month. I can't remember for sure off the top of my head. I haven't looked at it in Mm -hmm. a while. But if we get to $200, we will figure out ways to video cast this. I mean, you're going to see us look, you know, I have two blankets hung up between (laughs) bookshelves behind me. So... (laughs) <laughs> these are this is our this is our fantastic studio and and uh and you're gonna be able to see me do things like look like a scared deer in headlights <laughs> as i shake my head vigorously like nah i don't know if i want to do this <laughs> so we'll we'll figure something out for that uh, uh recording a zoom meeting is really easy uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll Living figure something life. out um <laughs> to that end um, I, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like and how that is, but that's that's a ways in our future. Yes, possibly. Now, yep. shall we? Oh boy! With after fifteen minutes of banter and introduction stuff, yep. shall we get into what this podcast is actually all about? Yeah. which is our season six recap. Yes, this is a Stargate podcast. This, this is, is a Stargate, Stargate podcast. Stargate, 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 Stargate. Yes. Awesome. So, yes, let's get into it. Brent. Yeah. I want to begin this by reading through your season six predictions that you gave when we did our season five recap. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you said humanity plants its feet and punches. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, You know, I, I, you know, I, I think I was imagining more punch than I got in season six, but yeah. Yep. Now, you said that Anubis is a major part of eight episodes. Yeah, that didn't turn out. That cool. didn't happen. Um, <laughs> well, I, I will eight, say yeah. that he was a significant part of the story arc of the season. 
But he didn't play a major role in that many episodes. No, he played a major role in what, like two or three? Yeah, the first and the last, and then yeah. maybe one or two others. Nah, I can't even remember if we saw him in the one. Anyway, but he's yeah. still yeah. a looming threat. That yeah. is true. Yes, yes. Um, you predicted that the Asgard stand with everyone against the Guawuld. Nope. That didn't happen <laughs> no. at all. No, nope, it did not. Nope. Uh, you uh, predicted that there would be a maturing attitude of humanity taking leadership by humanity. I think you're talking about specifically the Tauri. Um, and mm. maybe that did happen. We're still going that direction, possibly. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't we, say we haven't gotten in into a type of federated viewpoint of the whole galaxy yet. No. Um, um, I mean, and, I was absolutely imagining a united federation. I mean, not exactly a united federation of planets, not like a Star Trek exact, but like that's kind of what I was imagining might happen. But no, we're not there yet. No. Yeah. And then you, um, Predicted that Jack is in love with Sam, presumably, and Sam is uncomfortable with it. I think that I was intoning that Jack falls in love with somebody else, and Sam oh. is tense. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, well, um, either way, that didn't happen. Nope. It sure didn't. <laughs> Jack Jack is in love with his very favorite gun. That's, that's, that's who Jack's in love with. There you go. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much for those predictions, Brent. And don't worry, because we will record your season seven predictions later on in this podcast. Uh, I'm betting it's going to be close to a copy paste. Uh, maybe, frankly, you know, I mean, that's a good I mean, point. These are legit predictions for pretty much any season, I think. Yeah. But um, I do remember that when we got done with season five, I felt like we were like starting to turn a corner. Yeah. And I think we'll I think we'll get into it a bit here in just a minute. But like right. season six did do a lot of really cool stuff. There's a button in there like tons of wonderful stories had a lot of fun. I was expecting more movement with the big story and it kind of didn't it moved. But I would think I was expecting a lot more movement. Mm. And well, I actually you know, don't it have, takes go. a long time to move a giant boulder. True. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with the, it takes a long time. I don't like the, if they were to rush it, to go, okay, now we're suddenly no. in charge of the galaxy. It's like, wait, did I miss something? Totally. Yeah. Totally, I, totally, I totally. do like slow burns, but it has been six seasons, so let's, you know, heat it up a little bit more. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, what were some of your favorite episodes? Ah, you see, I glanced down in the show notes and I saw this was coming. And so, Zach, yes. last time I tried to answer this one, I was struggling mightily to remember the details of the episodes. And so, in fact, I'm going to spin this one right around. I'm going to say, hey, Zach, hey, David, what are some of your favorite episodes and why? And friends, when they answer, I'm going to be like, oh, right, that was that episode. And then I'll be like, I also liked it or... I didn't or, like it. Or but. are you just going to go to Wikipedia and look up Stargate s season six? See, but here's the problem with that, though, <laughs> is that every time we're getting like, so this is off topic, but on topic. I can't even begin to search for information about Stargate at all anymore because I know too much. I remember yeah. when we first started this project, I would search for images and I'd search for things. And I'd see things and I'm like, I don't know. What is that? I don't know. And it didn't have any like nothing impacted because I had no idea what I was even glancing at. Now I can't even I can't even pull up the season six thing without it being all like, 
you're like blah bloody blah blah happened in season six, which will come up again in season seven or something like that. Stupid. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, ah, quit it. Stop this. So, so I could read you a one sentence summary of these, or we can just go. My favorite was this. I'd, I'd like to hear your two thoughts on your, your favorite and least favorite of the list. Okay. And, and a little bit why it will help prompt my memory for sure. But it's also probably going to make me be go like, oh, where was that one episode where blah happened? And you can help me out on that one. So there you go. All so right. Zach, All David, right. of the episodes of season six, which ones were your favorite? Uh, David, you want to go first? You want me to go sure. first? Okay, go I'm going to not include season starters or season enders, because those are deliberately okay. written as, this is awesome, because Full Circle was great. I like the season starters. So oh, if yeah, I just true. take the regular season one, one of my favorites was Abyss. This is the one where... Jack has been captured by Ball, is being oh, held yeah. and tortured. Daniel reappears to him. Yep. I like that episode because it's a good character story. It brings back Daniel as a you know a force ghost, but also because Ball is one of my favorite villains. And mm-hmm. he he's not in the series a lot, but he's again one of those looming threats, but they use him. But this really sets him up as this is a different type of system lord this is a different mm-hmm. world he's not mm-hmm. i'll get you next time sg1 it's like no mm-hmm. i got you and i'm just gonna kill you over and over and <laughs> over again until you say there are four lights yes yes <laughs> so i like that one a lot uh another one i liked uh the other guys because it's oh yeah a nice change of pace it's a serious but funny episode and i like it when they can have fun with themselves particularly that argument in the beginning between star trek versus stargate and the hero worship of sg1 and Mm -hmm. all that i i like that episode a lot in terms of a least favorite episode for me i'd probably go with um where was it here uh memento that Mm -hmm. was the prometheus it goes to another planet it's fine stuff happened ultimately nothing got affected too much by it Yes. Um, the other ones, I, I like season six a lot, but mm-hmm. for me, those are kind of my standouts as high points and low points. Again, not giving me the, giving you the, uh, the obvious, you know, full circle, great episode. Oh, right. Prophecy. Yeah. I like that one episode. Uh, actually, Prophecy was kind of weak too, but Memento and Prophecy were a little bit weak, but full circle was great. And so anyway, that's my opinions on that. What about you, Zach? So I'm going to start with the changeling. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, so this is another Daniel episode, uh, but this one centers around Teal'c. Um, we get to see the characters being the characters in a different way because it's still Teal'c, it's still Braytek, it's still Jack O'Neill, it's still Sam Carter, but they're in Teal'c's uh, dream in the in the firehouse, and so they're different characters, but they're the mm-hmm. same and. And just that 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 uh, nuance of storytelling and acting is really good. Uh, the fact that we get to bring Daniel back again um, is wonderful. That's why it's a, a highlight for me. It's always one that uh, I yeah. look forward to watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also say Abyss. That would have been one that I would say. Uh, but rather than talking more about that, um, I'm going to think that uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, frozen uh, mm-hmm. is, is a highlight for me um, 
there's just something with Frozen. So this is the one where they go down to Antarctica and they find uh, oh, yeah. this woman uh, in the ice. Turns mm-hmm. out she's probably an ancient. She's the first evolution of humanity. She's also got some sort of uh, disease uh, that uh, kills people, but then mm-hmm. she can heal them. Uh, she ends up dying. That leads that leads directly to um, uh, what happens in Abyss uh, because Jack gets sick and she dies before she can heal him and the right. only thing that can save him is a symbiote and that leads to the whole Abyss thing which is another highlight yeah. there. Yeah, that's a good setup episode. Not just for the one that follows it but for things that happen well on in its, into the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll I'll leave it at those two as my, my top ones. Like David, I'm going to take Redemption uh, and Full Circle off the table uh, because those are Full Circle especially is really high and Redemption is really yeah. really really good. Yeah. Um, ones that I kind of you know sight unseen is just kind of a eh, it's there. Yeah. Uh, this is the one when. Uh, 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 Jonas at first sees these bugs from a different uh, dimension. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, they they operate in, within our same space, but in a different phase. Basically, uh, and it it it's it's there. It's it's a filler episode for me. Yep, um, I take that as a memorable good episode, but that's about it. Yeah, say that. How do you I remember that? that episode. I remember watching it. It's like, oh, cool, neat. Overall oh, impact, it's yeah, it's fine. Gotcha. Yep, I understand. Yeah. Um, hey, wow, they did a good job with the special effects. That's fun. Yeah. Raises yeah, a lot of questions, but still, sure. yeah. Um, other ones, you know, I could also say uh, Memento and even Prophecy as ones. Um, and... You know, honestly, at this point in time, I have to say Prophecy and Memento, along with that sight unseen, really are, are the the low points as I kind of look at this whole thing. Um, you know, n- this is a strong a strong season. There, yeah. there are, are not really any duds. Uh, even Memento and Prophecy and sight unseen are not uh, duds. Uh, are they great episodes? No, but they're not bad. Um, so, yeah. so that's that's what I I could also give honorable mention to uh, particularly unnatural selection, because mm-hmm. um, that's where we meet the human form replicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's good storytelling. <laughs> good setup. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I I think I didn't like that as much as you guys liked that. Like, I, I don't remember fine. what we wrote for for uh, per, uh, 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 Chevron ratings anymore. It wasn't I there? Yeah, you know, neither could it. And that was uh, there was some there was some time. Time funny business with that one too, right? Like they were like, yeah, was the deal close to a black hole or something that to the equivalent thereof? And yeah, no, it, the, the time else. dilation field. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. The time dilation field. How can yeah. I forget? Well, yeah, it's an important episode. May not be great. It's so, an important episode. Brent, just just to clarify, you gave unnatural selection an eight. Oh. I must have loved it. <laughs> I must have loved it. I thought it was probably the best thing ever. I can't believe I forgot how amazing it was. <laughs> Sounds like we need a Stargate second chances on that one. If you I, thought yeah, it was terrible, you know, the, so you know, uh, the the giving my ratings on the fly cuts two ways. Like I'm being 100 percent genuine when I'm giving my ratings, and they are ephemeral, man. They they they, they can 
<laughs> they can blow away with the slightest breeze. Yeah. So. Here are okay. the replicators. I think so. I, I was jotting some notes down. Um, and help me remember, because I seem to think that I enjoyed Cure, but maybe I'm looking back at it with rosy glasses because I do remember that there was there was some there was some philosophy in there. Yeah, you did have a good opinion on the ethicals. Yeah, yeah, um, the uh, chopping up gold to make drugs. Yeah, but you gave that two chevrons. Maybe huh. because so maybe why it's standing out for me is because of that thing, and I think I remember I did this with season five too, where I was starting to name some episodes that I tanked, but it was because they were that I remember, I remember them. And, um, and yeah, I do remember that there was some parts about the cure that were weird, like the fighting scene, like, uh, with Jonas and I, he like hip checked somebody into the, into the pool, like way too easy or something like that. And I think that there were a couple of episodes in through here that I was really upset that they were, um, tantalizingly close to some really good questions and they just didn't bother to really address them well. Uh, and I've seen them address these questions well. And, and so it was frustrating to watch them come back and be like, eh whatever um i remember that uh um <clears throat> uh what am i saying the one with the prometheus hurry up yeah yeah memento um right like that one was me being really 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 frustrated and entitled um but it still was a, emotionally i was at that point of like why am i wasting my time with this one uh you know i, I you know tell me something more that tell me something something more interesting uh Thank you for kind of setting up the rules of like leaving redemption and full circle off of the list because you're right. I mean, full circle, my gosh, oh, how much fun is full circle? Full circle is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and your and your points are very well taken. Of course, you're supposed to like start the season and end the season with big bangs because you got to drive interest in the show and then you got to keep interest during the break. And so, uh, you know, trying to find ways to bring that story to just real, just tighten it up to eleven. I think they did a great job with that one. I'm glad I let you guys go first because there's a lot of episodes in here that I'm like, yeah, that's right. That was a good one. That was that was a that was a fun one. I very much enjoyed the other guys precisely for the guest starring roles. But my goodness, they did a, such a wonderful job. It was just it was a delight to watch. And I think similarly, the changeling, I enjoyed watching that one for kind of the same reasons, but in a different direction. Seeing fresh faces in the form of new characters, but done so well by actors that are wonderful in their work and then enjoying the differences, like enjoying watching Christopher Judge play T and Teal'c and seeing what's the same and seeing what's different. Um, watching uh, you know, watching uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson play O'Neill and I guess O'Neill, right? Like he had the same name in both ways. Um uh, and again, the similarities, way more similarities than differences. It was much more about Teal'c. And come on. <laughs> Every time that I got to see Daniel Jackson come back, it was lovely. It was a, it was delightful to see him in The Changeling. It was delightful to see him in Abyss. That was also such a good episode, man. So One thing good. I really liked about The Changeling was Teal'c's dream conversations with Apophis. Showing uh, that his mind is not as set as we might think it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were um, so Zach and I just recently watched the Knox again, and I'm not going to spoil what we were talking about, but um, uh, many of you will remember that Apophis is in the Knox, and that was a fact that I had flat out forgot mm-hmm. that Apophis was even in the Knox, and that's funny because that's like the point of the episode, <laughs> and uh, the the. 
the resolve that season one Teal'c has compared to the doubt that season six the changeling Teal'c had inside his mind. Right. While the doubt was absolutely believable, 100% believable, but boy, did it create a, a more of a dimensional character, didn't it? Like, oh man, yeah, like, well, so much more believable. We got to see Teal'c from this is what I'm saying to this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. The right. private thoughts he keeps to himself. Absolutely. I, I, I really liked it for that point of view. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to be echoing a lot of what uh, of your sentiments with that. I did, you know, for as much gear grinding as I did with Memento and for as I think relatively unenthused as I was with the episode Prometheus, strictly speaking, um, it is kind of fun to see the Prometheus. Like, that's kind of cool. Um, it, I'm not a fan of how they kind of got me to the point of, oh yeah, it's a, it's a real ship this time. It's, it's a serious ship with Memento, but I mean, we got a boat, a big one yeah, and it flies mm-hmm. in space. And like, I, I, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with that. Well, so, without yeah, spoiling too much, <laughs> you will. It'll be paid off. <laughs> now, I remember Nightwalkers because I just horror is not my thing and they were kind of trying to do a tense like psycho thriller type thing or whatever it's x-files it was good enough it was fun it was a good filler episode mm-hmm. well so keep in mind though that night walkers plays an implicit role in um in prometheus that's what i'm driving at it is right? that you know they see the the Larval Guawuld, who are taking over the town, building a ship. Um, and I am convinced, personally, that a lot of the pieces from that um, mm. were cannibalized in some capacity to facilitate the building of Prometheus. The other thing I think that one builds into is the whole conspiracy theory arc they have going through several episodes. Yes. Because someone was cloning Guawulds. And then we get a hint to who that was in Smoke and Mirrors. And I like the whole shadow conspiracy theory of there are other powers at play that we're just barely aware of, and they're on Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is fun, man. Yeah. This is a fun season. Yeah. Yep. Now that oh, I'm kind of thinking about it in, so, in the whole. So uh, the episode Disclosure, that's the clip show, Brent. Yeah. Um, you're now several weeks removed from it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the disclosure now, as you kind of look back on it? Um, that was the uh, briefing room run, right? Where we got uh, all the nations together? Yep. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, big punch at the end was Thor showing up and being all like, ha, 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 y'all stink. I like SG-1. They're going to get a great boat. But And Kinsey was trying to maneuver himself to take over control by having it be part of the I can't remember what like I, I remember yeah. that there was that um was there any other m- story mover in that episode other than let's revisit the plot points of previous episodes well that and we're telling the world's governments or at least a selection oh, yeah. set of them right that's the huge plot point really and I I'm I I guess I found that to be a little underwhelming why did I find that to be a little underwhelming well it is a clip show that Yes, and I also, uh, unfortunately, my memory of that uh, episode has been permanently uh, uh, scarred because I decided it would be funny to make a clip show for a clip show. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, the amount of work that I had to do to get clips. It was impressive. Oh my gosh, I'm never doing that again, and I'm never going to make fun of a clip show again. I don't have to like them, but oh, oh my goodness, the amount of work. That was nuts. Anyway, um, yeah, now that there's more nation players, in the, I, I guess I've been kind of ready for this. I think that's sort of what I was implying when I was saying I think that humanity is going to be taking more of a central role in the story of the galaxy and la-di-da-di-da. Um, you know, it was the U.S.-Russia show for a little while, and uh, we kept having these international incidences that occurred and I was finding it almost um, laughable that other nations were not putting more together than they were. I wasn't finding it laughable that they were unaware of the Stargate program or of the specifics, but that like that the United States government was as powerful as it, you know, so powerful as to keep uh, the United Kingdom as in the dark as they were, I thought was True. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, yeah, it was a meteor crashing into the ocean. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it was another one. Yeah. Explosion? Yes. Uh, Asteroid. Yeah, Uh. exactly. And so now that we finally have uh, some other world players at the table, uh, you know, uh, and aware, it doesn't feel like that big of a step for me. That said, I can't tell if I'm giving you that analysis because... Of where I am with my age and 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 how I have come to view the world and my experience over the past twenty years since this episode aired, you know what I mean? Like there, there there could be way too much other things going on that would make that less impactful. Whereas if I saw it in two thousand two, I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, it's getting real now. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I I suspect that's a dissatisfying answer, but you know, that's kind of where I'm at. We're like, yeah, okay, good, got more hey, people that's now. Fine. It's an important episode for just those reasons mm. to mm-hmm. bring the other nations in basically into the fold. Yep. That's the key takeaway from that episode. Everything else, fine. The Kinsey stuff, fine, whatever. Thor, the Supreme Commander Thor. Supreme yeah. Commander. That's great. <laughs> but the yeah. core of that is okay, we got to be honest with you guys. Uh, we've been on other planets and yeah. we've got powerful enemies and we need your help. Now, we haven't, I don't think I have seen direct evidence of that revelation yet, correct? No, I haven't, not yet. No. Yeah. We're I haven't seen there. any, 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 I mean, any, no British commandos, no French uh, fusiliers, fusiliers. We've had some Canadians, that's about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, one. we will, <laughs> well, we will discover them, but, yeah. as, yes. as season seven progresses, this will become more um, apparent. Yeah, that okay. other people know about this uh, to some degree. So it's yeah, it was a necessary episode to set up season seven, which will set up Atlantis, which is international. Right. Yeah. So okay, won't spoil anything else beyond that. I'm really looking forward to it. And I can't remember if I just kind of said it, and you know, I know you guys cannot technically react, but like. Uh, it, 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 that tablet that Daniel found at the end and is all like, you know, it's written in the ancients. Talk about a city with immense power. And I'm like, oh God, that's totally Atlantis. Um, but I gotta tell you, man, like, like I, 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 maybe the video thing would be good, Zach, because my, my face is like lit up and I'm like really excited and it's hard to translate that over, <laughs> over strictly audio. Um, <laughs> but like the, there's, there's some pieces here that I think. I feel like some things are about to catch fire in a good way. Like, like, 
like things have been smoldering a little bit and and that last episode man really just took a took a nice deep breath and just blew on those embers and i i got a feeling something's about to catch like it's i'm i'm really looking forward to well out. without spoiling too much um julie has said that season 7 yeah. is her favorite season awesome i that think a lot of people well. would say the same thing i would agree nice. with that yeah very um, very nice so your your sense that things are kind of smoldering and, and starting to to really get cooking and the fire's getting hotter uh that is a that that's a good sense to have Woo! looking forward to it yeah Yay! so my next question for you guys are what are some of the storylines that have kind of come to a conclusion in season six and what are some of the storylines um that we see are being built up for the future well, I'll butt right in and say that that closure of the Abido storyline, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I am taking to be a strong, strong signal that that chapter I, we were t- we talked about it at length in the last in the last episode that 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 I feel like there is a book that is concluding within a larger story um, in the in the in the zone of uh, how Lord of the Rings um, uh, are you know three books. Uh, yes, six six books actually. You know what I'm saying, though. You know, there's books, books within books. Yes, that's my point. Where mm. um, major uh, closure is occurring, and then major openers have. It really does feel like we are like, and now ends the story of Abydos, right. and now begins the story of something else. So I don't know what the something else is just yet. But the Battle um, of Helm's Deep is over. Now begins the battle for Middle Earth. Exactly, and 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 I think that the Abydos storyline. Um, I think it was well treated, though I do think that on the whole, it it was necessary because it was part of the movie. But it, I, I I think that they tried to make something interesting out of it a few times, and it sort of worked a few times, but it never really worked as well as some other ideas. And yeah. so, yeah. watching well, you know, the uh, whole Abaddon yeah. storyline, um, I mean, it's rooted in the movie, of course, right. And, and we see, we come back to Abydos a few times, uh, Forever in a Day is one episode, when we meet uh, Shifu uh, a couple other times. Um, but there, there is this sense that we go there and we visit there and we're like, oh, this is supposed to be great. And we're like, we're on Abydos, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, and so I do think it's a good thing that they, they wrapped that up. Uh, and said, okay, we're going to now close this chapter as we move on um, more thoroughly. We've seen this, you know, you know, when even as far as go in Forever Today, when Share dies, right? Mm-hmm. We're closing a little bit of a chapter there, closing a little bit more of that, um, and then we get this episode. Now, Brent, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned somewhere in the middle of Season 6 this idea that we're hitting some closing points, and that... Con- line you threw out there was actually a direct inspiration for a uh, plug here the other side of the gate episode number seven <laughs> where nice. we look for plot shift points in mm-hmm. stargate where you know one thing stopped or basically where the focus changed and mm-hmm. you are absolutely right there were a lot of changes that happened in what are we talking about <laughs> season six oh my All, god yep, this is six. <laughs> yeah um the episodes and the uh, dealing with ascension. I mean, at the end of season five, we saw Daniel Jackson ascend, and then we yeah. saw him come back. Yeah, that's a big concept we went on there. Mm-hmm. We got spaceships 
Yeah. That not just, uh, we tried to build one, it didn't work, but no, we got a space battleship in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. The introduction of the replicators again, and we see the replicators get ramped up in power. Even though we put them in a time dilation field, we see them go from little bugs to, oh darn, they look like us now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, we're bringing everyone in. And that was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that happened in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least storylines yeah. that kind of ramped up there. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that we did a big focus shift or plot shift of let's just go planet to planet and do stuff like that. But, oh, no, we got to take a more galactic point of view in some cases. Yeah. The, uh, the In addition to that cure and the changeling, introducing Tritonin oh, and yeah. then introducing uh, Teal'c without Junior. Yes. Um, That's uh, right. We have not seen... Uh, what that means moving right. forward. Um, and uh, I'm curious to but see we will. what will happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it's hard to um, comment on the grand story without that knowledge of uh, the threat of imminent cancellation throughout much of this season. Uh, and not cancellation, cancellation, but you're like, like, this is it. Like that, 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 um, I could feel that chord being played with a lot of these stories. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, 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 we're kind of wrapping this one up and setting something else up for sure. But, um, we know we don't have much more TV time. So we think, so let's close this one and leave that part open for potential movie action. Like, you know, the great fun of having uh, two hours and a big budget to do what we want. Um, like, we want to tell this story, that story, that story with that movie. So let's leave these things open. Uh, and, you know, David, you mean you, I'm glad you kind of synthesized it like that because um, it's been a little bit tough to keep the through line with uh, what stories are being set up I, that's not exactly right because it's 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 a little bit easier to keep that through line that i'm letting on but the point is that that i remember as we were going through this season that 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 the cloud of well we're not actually sure if we're going to have any more seasons so it just kept was like it was just over it like through the whole thing and uh therefore each story did feel like it had a little bit of urgency to it there was a little bit and and sometimes it worked out great sometimes it didn't work out that well and there was also kind of like a preciousness to some of it too, as in, and not in the, not in the snarky way, but more like the, like, um, you know, if we don't want this thread to just hang out there interminably, we're going to have to do something with it. And again, sometimes they did really good work with that idea and sometimes they didn't, but it was, but that was always there of like the, you get, we got to wrap this thing up. We got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up and only leave open the things that we want for a major story going forward but like one major story. And two points to to that, that I want to just kind of highlight. Uh, One is Paradise Lost. We wrap up the story of uh, Mayborn. Yep. Um, Yep. David. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you. Um, So keeping in mind. This podcast is a lot of fun. Keeping in mind that season six, when they were writing these episodes, so they were yeah. anticipating being done, yeah. they wrote Paradise Lost 
yeah. to be a farewell to Mayborn. Farewell That's to how Mayborn. it was okay. written. You're true. Now, I'm going to disagree with you that they were writing this up as the last season. I, I don't okay. think that was the case in season six. There's too no, much so, so being set they up. were even into prophecy and full circle and moment, whichever one was uh, Peter DeLuise's last episode, after he finished directing it, he literally packed up his office and left because he didn't right. figure he was coming back. Now, it didn't take much time after that when they realized and of course there was the plan that they all expected the season the series to be over and a movie to begin that's what they were expecting to happen and then all of a sudden hey guys we'd like you to come back for another season i'm like really okay Okay. (laughs) got a bucket of money sure all right (laughs) okay deal (laughs) um you know disclosure and kinsey was also another uh, kind of farewell to Kinsey in that moment um, where, you know, here he is one last try to take control of the Stargate and, and SGC and and then it's... Uh, uh, I'm just going to have to mute my microphone here, otherwise I'm going to spoil everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, I, I recognize, David, David <laughs> that a lot of these threads that they remember in this, this season to know. be ending... Um, don't necessarily end. Right. Um, which is where I was going ultimately, is that uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about SG-1, particularly in this season six, season seven, uh, and into season eight for sure, uh, possibly even further, is that um, th- there's this expectation of being finished that all of a sudden, in kind of the last moment, they're like, well, oh, well, we're not finished. Let's keep going. Um, and so they, they continue to tie these things off and then tie new threads onto them and then keep going, which is, it, it feels very seamless in a lot of ways, which is mm-hmm. something exciting for Storyteller uh, in me. What, now, I've yeah. got a hard gear shift. I don't know, David, do you want to respond to that? No, no, go ahead. Hard gear shift. I am reminded of how much fun I had when I... So, super big gear shift. It is related. I'm reminded of how much fun I had watching Serenity. Uh, uh, I believe I watched... Yeah, no, I definitely watched... I didn't watch it in the theaters. I I remember it came out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I only saw Firefly many years after it had uh, aired and had been, like, thrown down a flight of stairs and expected to land on its feet, and, of course, it didn't. and then I watched Serenity, and I thought it was I, I I enjoyed every single second of it. I thought it was delightful, and I was really impressed with how successful I thought it was at actually doing an okay job, kind of wrapping things up. I thought I did quite a darn good job with that one. It was occurring to me as you guys were talking just now that I'm ninety percent sure that it was Joss Whedon at the helm of both the TV show and the movie, and how fundamentally different those things are. And, of course, there's probably elements of the uh, – first, there's probably elements of TV storytelling and movie storytelling in the early 2000s, which are dramatically different, and how that gap is closing more recently than it was then. But, like, like if you were to tell uh, the showrunners of SG-1 that you're going to have a two-hour feature film next year – or whatever, right? With a budget of whatever it is, you know, and la la la. And you're th- and so they're thinking about the story that they want to tell, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go, guess what? Instead of having two hours, you're going to have um 
20 hours. And instead of a budget of 6 million, you're going to have a budget of 12. Now, bad news, you're not getting tw- a 10 times the amount of budget that we were going to give you for the movie, even though you have to come up with 10 times the amount of content. Uh, but like those, those feel like so fundamentally different as I'm kind of thinking about it from that point of view and sort of the, so, so the observation question, then, you know, what do y'all think is thing number one, am I off the mark in your opinions? And thing number two, like if I'm on the mark, my gosh, how much, how, like, that's kind of a, that's, that's a stretch, right? Like. How do you how do you go from thinking you've got two hours to tell a story to suddenly realizing that you got to do you've got twenty? Like, do they just go nuts with expanding the story? Well, in this case, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pausing to look up something, so please continue your conversation. Ah. So, I mean, yeah. If now, of course, that has me. Strictly speaking, for the rules of this project, that has me worried, quote unquote. Again, I can't not know that there are 10 seasons of Stargate. Um, like, but I also know, Zach, that you were telling me that even like it seemed like every season they were like, yeah, this might be it. And that's kind of a weird place to be in where you're always like, yeah, this might be it. Um, like, how do you how do you tell good story if you're constantly thinking that this is the end of it? Or doesn't make it easier to tell a good story because it's like I need to tell you this plot point. I don't mm-hmm. have to stretch it out because mm-hmm. sometimes when you do stretch things out, you get episodes mm-hmm. like Prophecy, yeah, or Memento. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need to put in, we need twenty-two episodes. Okay, throw this one in, sure. But sometimes you get good filler episodes too, like Nightwalkers, which I thought was a good filler episode. I, I, it's just not my jam, so I didn't like it a whole that, lot. But yeah, that's I, mean, I get that's it. fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if but, you're not a fan of the X Files genre, right, you're sure. not going to be especially excited about Nightwalkers. But I'm you are going with the concept of filler right. episodes versus plot-driven episodes, mm-hmm. or versus story arc episodes. Now, so the thing in the that, overall, that I love is that even those filler episodes, um, that you know, you're right. Nightwalkers is basically a filler episode, and yet they tug on a few of those threads. And they tie him up, and then all of a sudden you get Prometheus, and you know, so like there are these things that uh, you know, and then you get the the government conspiracy things, which are kind of throwaway things for just this filler episode, and yet they're tugged and they're used, and and they they fill out more of the story in future things, which uh, is a strength, I think, overall of SG One. And let that me uh, be. Go ahead, David. Let me compare this to a, a different episode and not to plug other podcasts, but I was watching Deep Space Nine and listening to a podcast alongside of it. Mm-hmm. And they're on the last season of Deep Space Nine. Now, if you're familiar with Deep Space Nine, the last season, the last 10 episodes told one story. Mm-hmm. It was a complete story. But the ones before that were just kind of fillers. And the question was, why are you telling this story now? You got more important stuff to cover. What are you, What's the point of this episode? Which is kind of this idea of the filler episodes of mm-hmm. you got bigger things you got to know because you got to wrap this up why are you telling this episode so i'm wondering in where in season six did they get the go-ahead of yeah we're going to do a season seven because they did introduce some stuff towards the end the idea of the lost city that's a definite push forward to something's upcoming 
Mm-hmm. You've but got... that was originally placed in there for that that Lost City storyline was going to be the movie. So yeah, I understand, but that's why I'm going. When did when did they get the actual setup or the go ahead for that? Because if you look, you know, uh, Full Circle aired February of 2003, and the first episode of season seven aired June of 2003. That's only a few months, so there's some time break. But it wasn't like they took a year off to think True. about, you know, are we coming back or not? So and Memento was Peter DeLuise's last episode that he directed. Right. It aired March 7th in the U.S., right. uh, February 12th in, in the U.K. Um, I don't know when exactly they were filming that. I can't remember. But when they were filming it, he assumed that he was done after that. Yeah. So I think that... Sometime, I think that it was sometime basically after they finished wrapping the season, um, but probably before a goodly large chunk of it aired, that they were told, hey, we're coming back for another season. Yeah. And that's Uh, often the way it goes with most TV shows. I mean, back then it was like, you didn't know if you're coming back for a next season until halfway through, two-thirds through the season. Now, now some episodes, you know, we love the first episode. Give us three seasons. I, but I, back then it was. Just, yeah, I have no idea how they figured that out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, you know, they make them and then they may not even air for weeks or months mm-hmm. after that. But, you know, that standard TV production. And right. then, you know, with Peter DeLuise, you know, leaving after that, you know, there's post-production you got to do after that as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of things happening in an episode. So that's where I would really wonder where did they know that? Where did they, you know, know they're getting a season seven? And without spoiling, season seven to me does and does not have that same feel. They're mm-hmm. definitely leading towards something, but it was also somewhere in season seven that they, they being the Sci-Fi Channel, said, "Hey, we're doing a spinoff." Mm-hmm. Now that spinoff could also mean, and this is the death knell for this episode for this show mm-hmm. because we're mm-hmm. going another direction. But it wasn't because they got three more seasons after seven. Mm-hmm. So my recollection is after the season seven was given the green light, um, there was the momentum and the thrust and the push uh, for several things. One, season seven and a season eight. Whether they knew for sure they were going to get that season eight right from the get-go, it's hard to tell. Uh, at least from my outsider perspective. But it didn't take long before you kind of see that's the writing on the wall. Yeah. That that's the direction that they're going. Uh, and then, of course, uh, that it, it doesn't take long at the beginning of Season 7 that they uh, have greenlit the development of Atlantis uh, uh-huh. as a spinoff series. And everything kind of moves in that direction as well. Um, so you have those things going at it. Uh I just lost my train of thought. That- it's okay. I think we all did, but yeah. I, I'm- <laughs> hey, great. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That Three trains collided. <laughs> I, I think we're all saying the same thing. It's like, yeah, there's somewhere in there they decided, no, we're not canceling. What we're doing is we're giving you another season and a spinoff and all that. Go. And I think that is, at least from my point of view, what is probably one of the more impressive things and is very subtle. It's how good are these storytellers that they're able to take a show that's like, 
you know, I use the falling down a flight of stairs thing describing Firefly, but this one is, it's, it's not quite like that. But yeah, I mean, like you're getting canceled, not canceled, right? This is it. This is it. This, oh, wait, no, it's not it. Okay. Now it's it. Now it's it. No, 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 not anymore. This is it. And, and yet uh, without having seen season seven, eight, nine, no. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten. And 10. Um, I know that they succeed and at some point it's going to stop, but like, that's exciting to me because that tells me that the storytellers take things that were a throwaway line here, a, a, a little noodle there, an idea here, and they're able to bring it back and tell me another good story. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any further discussion is just going to get way too deep into spoilers. Yep. Ah. But yeah. I think, you're right. Uh, I want to recommend, David, that we shift gears. Um, I agree. As is typical for our lookbacks, we have a, a, a little game that David has ah, yes. uh, produced for us, a two truths <laughs> and a lie. Okay. Um, and so with that, David, I hand over the the mic, so to speak, to you and lead us through. So, Stargate Two Truths and a Lie Quadrus, because this is the fourth time I've done it. Ooh, now, this ah, is getting yes. increasingly difficult because I'm running out of episodes. Uh, that's yeah. but, but then again, I got five seasons of Atlantis and two seasons of inf- of Universe, although... You're doing infinity, so I, I can't use too many of those storylines anymore. Not anyway, anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Okay, so right. my first question is about diseases relative mm-hmm. to our worldview now. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, the idea is I'm going to give you three short summaries. Two of them are true. I may obfuscate some plot points. I may just hit some interesting stuff. One of them is... Not true. The sources for those will be revealed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Diseases. Okay. The bad guys release a virulent disease on Earth, and it will take two episodes to resolve it. Mm-hmm. Or is it a terrible disease is released in the command center, causing everyone exposed to start to lose their memories? They must Ooh. rush to find a cure before it becomes permanent. Uh-huh. Or the team travels to a world where the entire population is virtually sightless only sensing light and dark. After they return home, their eyesight begins to fade as well, as does everyone they come in contact with. So I think the lie is the third one, because it sounds suspiciously like the plot of a different television show. I'm going to concur. Okay. And you are absolutely correct. I yes! completely made that one up. <laughs> it was reminding me I haven't seen the there's an Apple TV thing called C I watched the and, first episode I didn't like it yeah I don't I haven't watched a single second of it but I was wondering if that was the plot point for C but whatever all right all right okay. question number two random nonsense okay. uh-huh. the team must travel back in time to get a MacGuffin and they encounter raw or is it Tilk is trapped on a harsh planet with a hostile Jaffa. The two must work together to survive. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> uh huh. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to read this straight, and you're laughing at him. Okay. A business tycoon goes to the media with proof that aliens exist by showing off a real life Asgard. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. I think that the fake one is uh, Teal'c and a uh, nameless one, Antanagra. <laughs> I concur. Am I right? <laughs> well, once again, you're correct. I adapted that from the Star Trek Next Generation episode, The Enemy. 
Yep. Where Jordy was trapped with a Romulan on a hostile planet. Oh, that one. So that, yeah. that's not Tanagra. That's not Tanagra. No, because that How guy wasn't hostile. How many times did Star Trek write? That's a good point, but whatever. All right, we're not going to get too down there. Okay. Star Trek told that story a lot, didn't they? Eh, it's a good story. It's a good story. It's a good story concept. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. question three. Strange happenings. While on a mission, two members of the turn... Bleh. While on a mission, two members of the team are accidentally turned invisible. Or is it time stands still at Stargate Command for everyone but Colonel O'Neill and Major Carter and a mysterious enemy? Ooh. Or is it SG-1 returns through the gate, followed by SG-1, and then SG-1, and on and on until there are 15 SG-1 teams all from different realities. Oh, boy. So there's no way on Earth that if that third one is true, that Zach forgot about it one. Because how can you forget about 15 SG-1s? Um, I'm going to go... What was the first one again, David? Uh, two members of the team are accidentally turned invisible. I want the time... or the, the I want the 15 SG-1 ones to be true. And then the second one was... Uh, I'm so sorry. What was the second one again? Time stands still. Yeah, I want that one to be true, too. So I'm going to go with the first one being false. Zach, you want any input? False. You're right. I stole that from the 1970s British TV show UFO. Aha! <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait for the 15 <laughs> SG1s. Next question. <laughs> or 15 teams, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah, that one's upcoming. Uh, it's not. Uh, never mind. Yep. Okay. Next question. The team travels to. The team travels to an insignificant planet where a decrepit resident asks for protection from a pursuer. As it turns out, he's a murderer, and the team is captured and put on trial with him. Mm. Or is it, the team travels to a forested world, big surprise, where they're hunted by an intelligent cat-like predator. Mm. Or is it, the team travels to an idyllic world where they find, in an incredible bit of cinematography, that the entire population has evolved beyond the need for clothing. (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) i'm gonna go with the murder one that that's the false one any input zach i'm gonna say three well you've already seen the murderer one because that was uh season two episode prisoners (laughs) that's what i thought it sounded like prisoners i'm like wait a second (laughs) Uh, the forested moon, uh, the forested world is an episode of Universe, and the idyllic world was adapted from the 1961 movie Nudes on the Moon. Nudes on the Moon? <laughs> <laughs> I watched bits of it. It was so bad. And oh, it, so there were reasons that were made, but I was like, huh. Okay, oh, well, awesome. the moon has trees and moving water and a bunch of naked people. Okay, when, moving on. So- what, what, nudes on the moon. When was that made? What, 1961. What How did they? Whatever. I, I yeah. tell you, I have a love for old cheesy sci-fi movies. But how did somebody from 1961 screw up <laughs> what the moon is about so badly? Yeah, because I don't know. Because I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can look it up. You can see why the guy made it. He was promoting a nudism agenda. And he thought, let's make a sci-fi movie about let's naked people on the moon. Hey, there you <laughs> All right. Go. Awesome. Well, awesome. Yeah, they weren't. Anyway, I've seen parts of it. Okay, next story. Next question. You gotta be kidding me. 
The team encounters giant beasts, volcanoes, and menacing plants after being forced to land their ship for repairs on the deadly planet of storms. Or is it on a strange world? The team encounters the society of the commonality that has banned all writing, considering it to be an outdated form of communication. Also, a comma's about to hit the planet, and they have no way to prove it to them under their laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it the team races to two team members trapped under a collapse on an off-world planet, only to find their enemies are also there trying to reach the team members for very different reasons? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was that first one again? I'm sorry. Planet of Storms. Oh, yeah. Uh, banned uh, all writing. writing ba- yeah, writing Or band. trapped under a collapse. I think that they are not going to go to a planet of storms. I will concur. Okay, you are correct. That was the 1962 sci-fi film from the Soviet Union called Planet of Storms. <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, the commonality uh, is a Stargate Infinity story. You got that one coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they banned all writing, and they got to tell them about a comet, but somehow I guess they just can't use their words. And uh, uh-huh. the collapse is a Stargate Atlantis story. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. M- more new gods. Okay. So we're going to see some new gods introduced. They're obviously gold. So is it Neros, a Greek sea god and technical advisor to Lord Baal? Or is it Thoth, the Egyptian god of writing, magic, and wisdom, and the first gold scientist and designer of sarcophagus? Ooh! Or is it Nabu, the Babylonian god of wisdom, learning, scribes, writing, and prophecy, keeper of the gold archives in the fortress city of Babylon on P4X298? Oh... I'm going to go with that we don't see the first one, the sea, sea god advisor to Baal. But we do see this, the, the Gould scientist and the, the ancient Babylonian dude. So I know that we do see Neros. So you're, you're wrong, Brent. Correct. Dang and it. he's a wonderful character. Oh, uh, <laughs> he is a delightful <laughs> character. Um, who are the other two? Thoth, the Egyptian god of writing, inventor of the sarcophagus, and Nabu, the Babylonian god of wisdom and keeper of the gold archives. Uh, I'm going to say that we see Thoth and we don't see Nabu. You are correct. Ah, dang now, it. Now, in some cases, these are mentions. Uh, yes. No, I completely made up Nabu. Although he is the Babylonian god of wisdom, learning, and scribes, and prophecy, and he seemed like a good gold, but no, he's not. Sure. Nope. Okay. Season 7 spoiler time. I'm going to okay. give you a one-sentence description of a Season 7 episode. Okay. Nope, it's not going to give away too much. It's just a concept that's going to happen. And again, okay. one of them isn't true. Okay. So, in Season 7, an important character dies, like for real this time, seriously. <laughs> or, Samantha Carter gets a boyfriend who lasts more than one episode... Mm-hmm. Or someone who everyone thought was dead isn't. I'm going to say that Sam Carter does not get a boyfriend for more than an episode. I'm going to play the this, fifth Zach. because anything okay. I say will be <laughs> So this means I automatically get a point because Zach has to forfeit. That. Right. Well, let's say <laughs> Sam and some guy up in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Oh, it oh, happens. Man. I mean, and, good. Um, no, no one comes back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that. I just didn't want well, I, to say anything. 
Oh, I wanted to tease Apophis because, you know, they kind of left it as, you know, maybe he'd come back as a replicator or something mm-hmm. like that. But no, 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 that doesn't happen. Okay. Well. And the last okay. question. Stargate uh, Trek, Deep Space Atlantis. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Where we know we share actors sometimes. So, uh-huh. which actor who has a recurring role in Stargate, that is, you see him more than once or twice or three or four times, Yeah, has a recurring role in Stargate, did not have a guest spot in a Star Star Trek show. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of the inverse of last time. So yeah, is it Tony Amendola, Master Braytech, Ronnie Cox, Senator Kinsey, or Terrell Rothery, Doctor Janet Frazier? I am eighty percent sure that Terrell Rothery does not show up in any Star Trek. Well, I know Ronnie Cox does. Yeah. I am. So I haven't seen any of Discovery uh, or any of this stuff since Enterprise. I don't remember seeing Tony Amendola, but I'm going to go with Terrell Rothery. Well, you are both correct. Okay. Okay. Tony Amendola was had a small role in a Voyager episode, Muse. Okay. And Ronnie Cox was Captain Jellicoe in Next Generation, who took over for Picard briefly in the There Are Four Lights episode. Yep. Okay, okay. so yep. now I'm curious about Muse and Tony uh-huh. Amendola's role in that. Um, they land on a planet, and they're kind of... They're a bunch of actors who are acting... I, it's been a while since I've seen the episode. It was not a big role, but he was in it. Ah. Um, it was about someone who has been I, I like channeling... Voyager episodes and writing them as plays in kind of Greek dramas. I think oh. it's been a while since I've seen mm. it, but it was not a major role. I think I vaguely remember that episode. Yeah, it, uh, but yeah, he was that, definitely that, that's in it. tickling a little brain cell back there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably not recounting it very well, but, but did yeah, it, did it have kind of like some visual similarities to whatever that one TOS episode was? You know, the one where where Kirk and Uhuru kiss. Where, but it was like the same idea where they, they were they were pawns in like some like Greek Grecian like ancient Grecian planet thing. Hang uh, on, gonna make me get on the internet and look oh, it up, aren't boy. you? So there oh, is boy. an episode of Voyager when the I believe the Herogen are the the a, they take over the the Voyager and and they turn the whole thing into a, a uh, basically a big holodeck. And they force everybody to play different roles in that. That's a different episode than what we're talking about here. But that sounds more like... But I don't know. Okay. Um, the teaser is, in an open-air theater, a Greek-style course recites a captain's log entry outlining an away mission by Belana Taurus and Harry Kim to search for dilithium. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out someone's been reading the logs. Um, I Mind control, I don't know. This is the very long summary. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, I like Voyager, yeah, so have, I've might, seen the series a couple of times. Yeah, watch yeah. news. Uh, but this was more of an IMDb search rather than a. I'm going to go through every episode of Voyager yes. to find <laughs> out. <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's my last question. All for right. You. Well, Good thank job. you, David. Um, so aside think, from the yes, one that so uh, I abstained from, I got them all right. Which yes, you did. Uh, I would, yeah, I most of them were stolen myself. from. There were some that were that were educated guesses for me. Yeah, I think next time I'm going to have to. It's going to be Stargate Trek. 
Infinity Voyager. <laughs> the best of luck on that one. And then maybe Enterprise Origins or something like that. Oh, but, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. And after right. that, I'm out of shows. Well, we'll Sorry about the dogs out. barking in the background. Uh, so, uh, Brent, you teased at the beginning of this episode that we had a tremendous opportunity a couple weeks ago to interview mm-hmm. and talk with Alex Zahara. Yes. And... Now is that time, dear listeners, that, that uh, Brent, Yay. through the magic of uh, editing, is going to immediately jump into that, and we're going to hear Alex's voice, and it's going to be exciting. Um, yes. And so with that, uh, let's uh, talk to Alex. Let's hear it. So, Zach. Brent. Last time that we talked with somebody related to the Stargate SG-1 production team, we had a quick talk with uh, with Joe Malazzi. And at the time, uh, I did a very, very terrible thing. Uh, I assumed I knew how Joe pronounced his last name. And I was all like, hey, thanks, Joe Malozzi, for coming on down. And I was feeling like an idiot afterwards. So today we've got an excellent opportunity to talk with another person who has been a member of the SG-1 community uh, for quite a while, since the early days. But before I make a fool of myself a second time, um, hi, Alex, can you tell me how to pronounce your last name so I don't screw it up? No, there's two schools of thought in it. Uh, the old Ukrainian guys, because uh, it's Ukrainian, say Zahara. But uh-huh. I say Zahara because it's easier. And all my life, people used it interchangeably, but I looked it up and it's actually supposed to be Zahara. Zahara. So do you Zahara. prefer Z- Zahara or Zahara? I don't care. One, one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> the old Ukrainian, guy, old Ukrainian guy, guy grabs me and says, you're saying your name wrong. Well, then I'll say Zahara. So there you go. All right. That sounds good. Well, so friends, we've got uh, Alex Zahara speaking with us today. Uh, you know him as uh, the multitudinous actor who, well, no, I, that's a little bit wrong. He's played a lot of characters. Um, he has a litany of guest uh, actor roles in SG-1. We are Extremely excited to talk to him. Also, uh, Zach, we have a second special guest, our very good friend, your good friend and mine, um, quasi showrunner uh, David is with us as well. Hi, David. Hello. Hi, David. Hey, Zach. So thank you all for very much for, for joining us with this, this excellent interview opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's just kick things off right away. So, Alex, in our show... We like to tell a little bit about the contributors' work history. Uh, so I was taking a look at your background, and uh, looks like you had a wonderful, like, leapfrogging experience from high school straight into the collegiate world. So tell us a little bit about that, and then also how did the transition to film and television go way back then? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I, I funny say because my mom worked at a college, my dad worked at a college. He was the head of indoor mm-hmm. maintenance, uh, and then my mom was an administrator. And, and whatnot. And anyway, um, you know, so going to college was always going to be in my destiny or future, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to do something like that too. So after high school, I actually got into, took a year, did a uh, first, like a general year. And I was like, I was kind of tired. I was like, you yeah, know, I don't know if I want to do this. So I took a year off and lifeguard. I was a lifeguard since I was like 16, 17. Took a year off and then I went back and studied Recreation administration, recreation through film at the University of Alberta. I'm from Alberta, Canada. I was in a little mm-hmm. town called Grand Prairie. And then I took a few years off. I went traveling around the world a little bit. And then the Persian Gulf War broke out. That tells you how old I am because it was the first time. <laughs> 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 and I, went back to, I ended up traveling around, got back to school, ended up going, I want to go, to, lying on a beach in Greece. And I went, man, I want to go, I want to go to university and study film. So I went to back to Canada, my girlfriend and I, and 
she was working in Germany at the time, or no, in Switzerland. And then I, yeah, started at UBC, uh, did a general first year, uh, got accepted into the film program, the acting program, and the technical theater program. So I had a decision to make, and I said, which one challenged me the most personally? It was uh-huh. the acting. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, I'll do acting, and then if I, um, you know, if I become a director out of that, I'll, I'll be a better director because I'll speak the actor's language. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and then, you know, I, I graduated. It was like three, three years of program. I did about seven years total of post-secondary education. And then I, when I graduated, I said, well, you know, I better put this acting thing to the test for a little while and make, do something with it because, I, you know, took so much time and my effort. Mm-hmm. And I put stuff out, got a good agent, did a bunch of plays and student films and got some, you know, uh, acknowledgement of, and I, I got to thank uh, Trish Robinson, a great casting director. She's passed away for several years ago, but she saw a play I was in called Mojo. And she, uh, my first audition of the new year said, Alex, I saw Mojo, loved it, love you. Let's go get you a job. And I'm like, great, cool. That was mm-hmm. the reaction. And I was for Viper, and I did that and got it. And then my next gig was the first episode of Stargate. I did a guest spot on Stargate, I think. And mm-hmm. well, and the rest is kind of history. And I, yeah, I mean, that's a real Cole's Notes version of it. But there's a, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in there. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I imagine so. I imagine so. So speaking of these uh, these acting chops, I see that from IMDb. According to, we got a mini biographer on that uh, illustrious website. Uh, this is this gentleman named Peter Carr. I have no idea if this person knows you at all, but uh, uh, Peter writes that apparently, Alex, you are most proud of your role as Karl Rademacher in the Outer Limits' episode Tribunal. So first, I'll take the bait. Is that actually your proudest role? And secondly, like, tell us why. Well, first off, like, you know, I really believe it's important that we never forget the mistakes of the past, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. Our society made a lot of mistakes in the past, and we allowed a regime like Nazi Germany to come into fruition. And, yeah, so remembering the Holocaust, remember remembering all... And I, I, my own grandparents, my grandfather fought in World War II, and he gave up his youth to, you know, fight against the Nazi tyranny, as did many, many, many millions of others. But mm-hmm. the point is, I when this script came down, and I thought, wow, this is, and it's an amazing script, because Sam Egan wrote it. Now, Sam Egan was a showrunner of Outer Limits. His dad, Leo Egan, survived Auschwitz, and this is a tale. Oh, yeah. Based in okay. reality. Like, this this is his father's survivor's story out of out of Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And and his, uh, I know I'm not oversharing when I say that, his, his father's first wife and child were killed by a Nazi officer in the prison camp, like right there. Yeah. yeah. And, wow. And you know, like right in front of him is what I'm trying to say. So when I got this, like I treated it like huge respect and I did a wrote a complete backstory for this character, did everything. Oh yeah. Okay. And, you know, I said he was like a, he was a, like a Nazi officer who got a bunch of Nazi party, uh, sons killed somewhere and, you know, uh, in a battle and, you know, as a, as a demotion, he was, he was demoted to running a prison camp. Uh-huh. And, uh, anyway, so uh, not anyway. And I just like, you know, I just treated with a bunch of respect and a huge amount of respect. And then, cause I, I, again, you just can't forget that this happened. Another big part of it was, uh, you know, J- Joe Michael Straczynski, uh, we did Babylon five together years ago, uh, legend of the Rangers. And he told me about a friend of his who was lecturing at a college in the U S and he had mentioned Dachau, the, you know, mm-hmm. internment camp. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the interview, one of the students put his hand up and said, sir, you mentioned a thing called Ducky Dakoud. What is that? And this guy didn't know what Dachau was. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the lecturer, his friend, starts talking. 
And then he stops and says, wait a minute, who here knows what Dachau is? And nobody put their hand up. Uh-huh. 500 college students. And, you know, it was in the U.S. somewhere. And then he started saying, like, Auschwitz. But nobody knew anything of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how are we going to stop repeating our past if we don't remember our history? So mm-hmm. when we did mm-hmm. that chance to do the show, I, I just, it, it really hit me hard. And meeting Leo, like the survivor, he was 84 when we filmed it in 1998. I'll never forget, it came out in my full Nazi regalia, like the full outfit. Some of it was real, like, you know, it was from collectors. And we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to make any alterations to it, right? And so... I come out and Leo turns and looks at me. I'll never forget. And just kind of, he turned, looked at me. His eyes just shot wide open. And he went, <gasps> and he inhaled like with a gasp. And then he just put his finger up, like, like give me a minute. And he turned around and he was just shaking. I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna oh, start wow. crying. Like, and he said, you look, you look just like him. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my god. Like you know, yeah. and I got goosebumps. I can tell you right now, I have goosebumps from head to toe remembering. That. Sure. Sure. And and, mm-hmm. and we went we went into the the the, the you know the, the bunkhouse that they built, and they used to put like sayings above the the on the trusses inside the and it said like inform inform and you will be rewarded you know and stuff like this and and he said like the greatest lie ever told is Arbeit Arbeit Fein, mm-hmm. which is German mm-hmm. work will set you free, mm-hmm. and that's above the gates of Auschwitz and that's the greatest lie ever told. The point is, I just we can't forget this because millions of people died. For frail, a bunch of men's frail egos, yeah, and and a bunch of racist, you know, doctrine, and that mm-hmm. never happened again, ever. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's been repeated, you know, in innumerable times around the globe since. But the point is, we got to remain vigilant. And I think that I hope that I aided to a story like this that keeps the memory of, of the of the Holocaust alive, so we never forget. And that's yeah, basically it. Oh man! So now I completely get it. So I mean, on, on one hand, I'm a little bit miffed that this the gravity of the reason is was was omitted, because as you're talking about it, I mean that's exactly it. Um, um, so you know, thanks for taking that effort and that time to really uh, bring that humanity in there and and bring in that connection, so that we're it's like we're talking about we're talking about people that made these decisions here. They weren't uh, you know mythological monsters that'll never come again. Um, Absolutely. I so. mean, have you seen? There's a great thing where uh, I can't remember the documentary. But these Jewish prisoners, they were forced to be like ballets for the officers in the camps. And mm-hmm. instead, when those guys were wearing the uniforms, they were just monstrous and powerful. And then they would go into their chambers and take everything off. And they had, you know, pot bellies and out of shape yeah. and whatever. And they just, yeah. but when you put the uniform on, they were just mm-hmm. monstrous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, on, uh, when I wrote up the order of the questions, I uh, didn't intend for this gear shift to be such a a, a, a gear grinder. <laughs> Unfortunately, Zach Zach's got a couple of questions here. Uh, yeah. One of them happens to be about one of our favorite episodes, which has absolutely nothing to do with Nazis. But uh, Zach, uh, take it away there. Yeah. Um, thanks, Brent, for queuing me up for following this, uh, and thanks very much, Alex, for your words. Well, it, listen, real quick here, but listen, it's okay to talk about this because I've played like over half a dozen Nazis in different shows, and I express I need to be Deutsch, I have a friend that's Deutschland, so I speak mm-hmm. a bit of German. I learned, and I was in Man in the High Castle and a bunch of the shows, and I've had a lot of people talk about that recently, and now it's, you mm-hmm. know. But it, that's the thing. You, you, we've got to keep these things alive in our memory so we do not repeat them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So don't so, worry. It's, uh, it's all good. So 
Uh, one of my absolute favorite episodes in Stargate is 1969, and of course you play Michael the Hippie in that, and uh, I will make some tenuous connection here between uh, the mistakes in Vietnam and other mistakes that, that we have made in our lives. Um, and that's we'll not even that. that. It's absolute. <laughs> <There's> no- <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so... Michael is uh, one of my favorite characters in that show. I think he did a great job with that character, and I love that episode. Um, and so my question is, what is your most beloved character in SG-1 that you've portrayed, um, and why? And tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's funny. It's, it's a tough one, but it's not a tough one. It's Michael. Uh, it, but I, got, I, I was privileged to do a bunch of really great characters on that show, and and Michael Greenberg right up the, the get go, and and like John Lennock and, and and others, you know, they said like, listen, like, well, Michael told uh, Dion Johnson and I like from the get go, like, we, he's another you know, prolific Stargate actor in terms of many mm-hmm. roles, and a good friend of mine, we played roles together. He said, like, you guys are invited, you can come set any time. You're like family. Don't you just you want to come? Just come, you know. Like when you're not shooting, whatever, you got family, come on, bring them out, visit. I'm like, wow. That's cool. That's cool. Well, he said, you guys, it's like, you're you're so committed. Dion and I both have theater backgrounds, right? As does Michael Shanks. Michael Shanks and I did the same theater program and he was the year ahead of me at UBC. Hmm. And, uh, and um, he said, you know, anytime you come, you can just come. So you have an open invitation. I was like, wow. And I only took it, I only used it a couple of times for friends that were like, you know, in town visiting or real fans of the show or whatever. But the the part that I was the most proud of was Michael because, again, like, yeah, it, it, was, a, it was an anti-war statement, you know? And yeah. nobody wants to go to war, or at least nobody in their right mind wants to go to war or create war. And, and you know, and especially after World War II and the counterculture movement in the 60s, like, there was a real movement in the States and the world, frankly, of, like, like make, you know, make love, not war, and peace. And when this protracted war, you know, was going on in Vietnam and, and America got deeper and deeper involved. Uh, you know, this is, this is a whole generation went through World War One, then they went through World War Two, and then Korea, and now we're going to Vietnam. Are you kidding me? Like, and then how many, how many sons and daughters yeah. have to die mm-hmm. on both sides before we dummy the hell up and stop this? You know, so so that was my thing with with Michael was like you know, and all throughout the episode, and I've said this before in other interviews, but it's absolutely true. He kept saying the writers have me saying, I don't want to go to war, man. I don't want to go to war. But uh, Charlie and I, the director, he's passed on, a great director. Uh, I said, man, I, I, for me as a character, as the character, it's it's not just he doesn't want to go to war. It's like he doesn't want to. I don't want to kill anybody. And mm. that was the big yeah. thing. So I said, can, can we say this? And because he said it so many times. And so Charlie said, yeah, let's just do it. Like, we'll film them both ways, but I know they're going to like it, you know, the producers. So we filmed it where towards the end, they said, I just don't want to kill anybody. I, I don't want to kill. And that was the thing. Why should we have to? I mean, if, if the phone, and yes, of course, there are people that are unreasonable and tyrants in the world, et cetera. Absolutely. And you have to respond force with force like that. It's true. But if you have a choice, you prefer not to. And that's what was going on with this mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've always felt that uh, there may be times when violence is necessary, but when violence has become necessary, we have already lost. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like my my father always said too. Like you know, he said, you know, don't don't be don't be a jerk. Don't go after people. But if you get into a fight, you know, defend. But 
it, uh, the punches are going to be swung. And my dad was a little guy, five, 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 six, 150 pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> and like, like he, he said, but if you start, if, if something goes, uh, you know, don't swing first, but you finish, you know, and that's the whole thing. You finish that fight. And, you know, to be quite frank, that's what happened in, in World War II. Like the fight got started and eventually the good guys finished it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like luckily, right. but, and I mean, you know, just, I don't know. I just, it's so tough because I'll be quite frank. I've never, I've never hit another human being in my adult life ever. Like, you know, I, cause I've got a big bark and I'm an actor so I can intimidate really well, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just it. It's like, I've never had to because I've used my words. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. We, we should be far more diplomatic in our, in our, in a way of being, there you go yeah so Alex uh, you have stayed active with the Stargate community since the show went off the air I see your name pop up on all sorts of gate cons and the like Um, what is it about uh, the Stargate fandom and the community that keeps you coming back and says I want to be part of this well frankly I mean you know it's 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 funny because I I really was read I'll be quite frank I was reticent about going to conventions in the beginning because I felt very uncomfortable because you know we do autograph signings and you you know get paid to do that whatever you know. I, was, I just felt so weird about it because I'm like why would anybody want my it sounds stupid <laughs> I know but why do anyone want my autograph like you know I'm, I'm I'm a working actor I'm not like a big star of the show but people appreciate what you do so it took me a while to really settle into that and go like listen these people are choosing, this is like their form of recreation. This is their fun. This is a good time. And if they want to do that, embrace it. As, as, as an old actor teacher of mine used to say, just take the compliment. <laughs> so it's a compliment. Mm-hmm. It's a huge compliment if people want to, you know, collect your autograph or meet you or talk to you or whatever. So I was like, yeah, you know what? So I settled into that and then started going to the conventions and um, met some really great people. Like that was the thing. Across the board, this Stargate fans are just great people and I sincerely mean I'm really I'm still good friends with so many of them like like you know my friend Lynn here we just went to go see uh, um, and, and Claire Cowan and, and Lynn DeMille they we we were Lynn was sorry Claire was in visiting a couple weeks ago from England and Lynn and my wife Shannon and I went to go see and uh, and our friend Anne went to go see The Odd Couple play Mm-hmm. So it's back on mm-hmm. here. And Lynn and I have been friends to Stargate. We figured we met like about 20, 21 years ago, something like that. And we are still friends to this day, you know, and we go to plays and, you know, go to each other's houses when we can. And especially during COVID, it's been, you know, pretty rough. But it's, it's a community. I mean, the Dutchies, mm-hmm. the girls, I met a bunch of girls back in the day uh, from, uh, I should say girls, young women uh, from Holland and became friends and they gave my buddy Dan and I these t-shirts like they had the little Dutch girl head on the on the uh, symbol for earth right mm-hmm. and on um, these t-shirts yeah. and I still have the t-shirt you know and I end up mm-hmm. frankly ended up dating one of these these ladies for a year mm-hmm. and a half or two and we still are friends today you know and and but I'm just saying they're people and they're so generous of spirit and 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 I think that's the thing for me is the Stargate and the people it's about helping out and it's about community and it's about being more human. And, and that's the thing I think for me, and a lot of the fans have said this too, like Stargate helped save their lives, helped create their mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. because there is a, um, dare I say it, a doctrine of humanity within the show. Mm-hmm. 
that many mm-hmm. wish we all all followed in our real lives. And that's where I think the Stargate fans come into play is they actually follow it in their real lives. Mm. Yeah. And that's the difference. Or that's why I'm involved and still friends with so many because I want to. I want to have good people and um, friendships that last. And I, I'm part of a, a group where our, our my major friends. We call ourselves the Urban Tribe, mm-hmm. and we've yeah. been keeping each other. We support each other, help out. You know, like my, my my wife and I got married a couple months ago here, and we're just a big uh, drought this summer, like so many people did. We figured, well, mm-hmm. September fourth is going to be a great day. It'll be dry. We'll get married in the backyard of our house. No, it just dumped rain. Well, <laughs> to shop. Yeah. Our, our friends go to shop and um, a 6,000 square foot shop. And our friends, as a gift to us, had said they were going to, they catered our wedding for us. And then when the rain came, they went above and beyond and they put these 60 by 30 foot white tarps all on the walls and the entryway of the shop and uh-huh. created like a, a white space. They like, uh, 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 Bruce Almighty or whatever it's just a white yeah. space or yeah, like yeah. the Matrix and yep. filled it with like the tables and chairs and the setting and we and then we were supposed to do the ceremony outside because it looked like it was going to like stop raining but it didn't and so all the guests we only had like 48 guests in total including us because of COVID and restrictions yep. and everybody mm-hmm. just threw together we moved all the, well I shouldn't say we I didn't do it I was upstairs getting ready but they just moved <laughs> all the tables put the chairs like pews and then we had the ceremony it was beautiful and then George goes okay time to put everything back they put everything back and then we served dinner and had a great party mm-hmm. but that's that community mm-hmm. of people coming together and that's what Stargate fans do they've come together they've supported so many charities and raised probably millions of dollars I'm sure over the years mm-hmm. and that's just it my urban tribe and my greater urban tribe is the Stargate family. And my urban tribe has been supporting me and I've been supporting it for like almost 25 years. So first, uh, congratulations on the recent marriage. Well done. Thank you. And uh, secondly, I can absolutely echo that sentiment. So the our, our little shtick about this uh, podcast we do is that um, I am watching Stargate SG-1 for the very first time. It's really tough to be spoiler-free 20 years later, and it's a delight. Zach's seen it a million times, and of course, our listenership, they've all seen it a lot too, usually. And so they're, it's it, the, the, the fun part is listening to me go on and on about, oh my God, this happened. <laughs> uh, David uh, was a listener. David was an early listener, and... Yeah. Zach and I were kind of struggling with trying to find um, trying to find some like uh, the old the old like trailers that would air at the end of particular episodes, you know, next time on Stargate SG one, et cetera. David stepped in in the gap and he started making these little like one minute long, like fake trailers for us mm. uh, that we've been using ever since. The man is amazing. And, uh, you know, oh, to your point. Yeah, They're exactly. Awesome. Yeah. He made them like went through the episodes and was like, okay, this is a good part. That's a good part. And this is the hook. Um, and so like, you know, the gentleman has been nothing but a fantastic friend. Uh, wouldn't have met him had we not done this thing. So, you know, you know, to your, to your point, this Stargate community is amazing. It's a yeah. delight. So David, speaking of, you got a couple of questions to ask the man. How about you go for it? I sure do. Yeah. I, I spend like an hour a week making a promo for two guys. On a podcast, oh. a video promo <laughs> on a podcast. We're very privileged. Um, I very. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I enjoy it too. Um, one thing, you know, hearing you talk about your dad, you he sounds a lot like mine because he taught me a lot of the same lessons. Big differences. My dad was a six foot two, two hundred fifty pound marine. <laughs> wow! But he was a teddy bear. 
he was the nicest guy you can meet and you wouldn't know his military background at all sure and so it's one of those yeah he taught me the same lessons of don't fight but if you have to win and so anyway um i'm a frustrated actor that is i've acted in high school and that's about it yeah the making promos is kind of one of my acting things i get to do yeah because i get to trial voices and things like that um but in your beginning work you did a lot of makeup work i know your your face is mostly seen now but how do you feel about acting under a lot of makeup where you can't be recognized versus being recognized what are the key differences there no i actually love it because um so much of the quote-unquote acting is done for you with the makeup in the sense of as soon as that makeup goes on it's like a good costume like or like i said earlier i hate to say but like about the the outfits the you know the uniforms that you know certain you know german officers wore at a certain time the uniform the clothes make the make us a man like like the when the costume goes on i mean if you don't become a lizard man, I, I mean, if it just doesn't happen to you, then you're you're not worth your salt. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it, performing underneath that releases you because there's no oh, people are going to go, oh, that's Alex or whatever, right? Some of the best compliments I've had, I've done plays where I, I had just minimal makeup, but you know, uh, the makeup helped. And people have watched the plays. Like good friends of mine, I've been friends since I was five years old. Friends came and saw us play, and they're like, "Yeah, we saw you weren't in that play." I said, "Yes, I played the sergeant." <laughs> they're like, "Get out!" You know. But the point is, with the with the the lizard makeup, or sorry, the lizard shouldn't say the Unas makeup, and others, and the like playing Zales and the fish gill, you know, face, it, right. it's freeing, it's freeing, and it completes the character. Do you know what I mean? And it frees you up to explore, because in that one episode, Beast of Burden, I played like, I don't know, eight or ten different characters in that episode alone, because I played the female waitress, Unas, okay? And they, they put this like little outfit on me in the morning, the bodysuit, and they had a little sort of bosoms, right? And it was quite funny. <laughs> and, and Martin was directing, and, uh, and, uh, like we were doing it and um, doing a rehearsal, like Michael Shanks' character, like, you know, uh, Jackson there says, I serve him a drink or whatever. And he goes, thank you. And we're a slave race, right? And nobody thanks us. Nobody's whatever. We just expected to do it. So when he thanked me, like I heard that, I just turned like, and I cocked my head a little funny and give a little, you know, I sniffed him like, uh-huh. oh yeah, you're not, li- you're not like the rest. You know what I mean? And in rehearsal, Martin just says, oh, oh, beauty, beauty. Like, you know, awesome. Like keep that, right? But that's just it. Like the the costume just freed you up to do anything because you are that creature. So you will be what that creature is. And and honestly, that's it. Good costume, good makeup, uh, and like you know, the, over the like Todd Masters uh, and others over the years, uh, uh, you know, that have done my makeup for different shows, like Colin Miller and. You know, uh, gosh, I mean, all the names are escaping me at the moment here. At least Curry years ago, um, but just just everybody, you know, like just Mike Fields. Mike Fields is great, and like all these makeup artists. Just I don't know. It, it, we all create the character from the writers writing it to you know the costumers, the makeup artists, etc. And then luckily, we as actors get to take all the hard work that all these other people do, and we embody it and put it on screen. Nice. As, yeah, uh, as I said, uh, I'm a frustrated actor. I'm a computer guy by trade. I'm, I teach computers, and I spend like eight hours a day in front of a microphone 
teaching a class. And for the promos, I get to try out. You're not a frustrated actor. You must be a really good actor because you're making a living communicating ideas to people and they're grasping it. And if we don't, if nobody thinks we don't act, we all act in our day, you're deluding yourself. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. I, it is an outlet for me. I do get to express myself. I get to tell jokes in class. I don't try on too many voices in class because they're expecting professional computer guy telling him what buttons to click on. But in terms of... You know, voice work. You've done a lot of voice work. I was looking through years and I go, wow, you played Red Skull in a Lego movie. Nice. Um, What do you like? Behind the camera, in front of the camera, directing? What's your, if you could choose one direction, what would it be? Well, I think these days, honestly, to go in another direction, I think I'd rather maybe start, and I'm probably a little old to start it, but everybody said my whole career, oh, you're too old to start acting. You're too old to do this. You're too old to do that because I started later in life. I was 24 when I went to theater school and 30 almost when I got out. And everybody was like, oh, you're too old for this. I'm like, well, we'll see. And I've kind of, you know, not, not that I would to prove anybody wrong, but it's it's time has proven me correct and them wrong. That's what put it that way. But I'd like to start directing more. And, um, but mind you, I kind of hit a little renaissance with my acting recently, which is kind of weird. Um, uh, you know, because it's been really quiet the last year. Like I've had a very slow year, as a lot of other actors have. You know, the 2020 year, I was too busy. And then uh, 2021 has been like very slow on camera for me. But I just got asked to do this uh, short film I shot on the weekend, like literally Saturday and Sunday. And I'll tell you, frankly, I think it's the strongest acting I've ever done in my life. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. what are you working on right now? Well, that's the thing. Like right now, I just did this short film called uh, I Loved Her First. And it's a really great story about um, the love between a father and a daughter. And there's not a lot of stories out there like that. And uh, it's, you know, it's it starts off with me, like, you know, my daughter's getting married and these bridesmaids are her together. And then I say, can't get out of the alone with the bride. And then we have a beautiful talk about, like, how, like, you know, uh, mother and I, you know, she asked, she asked, she's nervous. And she says, were you nervous to get married? Mom, and I'm like, oh, heck no. I, yeah, I was, well, I was actually terrified. So, and, <laughs> you know, and I, and I helped, you know, with the, um, with the author's or with the director's permission and whatnot, I kind of moved some lines around and rewrote the script a little bit for his approval first, of course, uh, from the mind of a 54 year old man saying, if this was me, what would I be saying? Right. And, you know, so I, move some stuff around and I, I made the, um, I made the crew cry. Oh, my performance nice. Oh, made the entire nice. crew cry. So mm-hmm. and he's, conf- he's telling his daughter how, like, look at the, the, when I saw your mom walk down the aisle, it was all pure, The nerves were gone. It was replaced by all the amazing things I could see to come. And the most amazing thing we ever did was raising you. And and talks about like when he first held her, how he knew she was going to do you know be an incredible person, and he pulls out these two little bracelets they made each other, and one says popsicle, and the other is Jenny Bear, and like we've kept them, and and uh, she I can't believe he kept these, and he goes, well, you needed something old, right? Besides me, so you know <laughs> something old, something borrowed, something blue, and it's just yeah. a beautiful little film, and let me go get married, whatever. The point is, though, and a good friend of mine, Ann Openshaw, played my wife, and we played husband and wife in a couple things, funny enough. But um, 
it, it, it just all came together. And that's the thing. Uh, we needed a church. And my buddy uh, sits on the board of a church. And I called him up and said, hey, what about this? He goes, oh, yeah, sure. Come on over. We looked at the church. It's beautiful vaulted ceilings and all wood construction. Just gorgeous. And, like, you know, beautiful people. And he said, well, we don't have a lot of money. It's like a no-budget production sort of thing. So he said, well, just make a donation to the church, whatever you can afford. I'm like, wow. Like, and it was incredible. So all these beautiful things came together. And all these the people and the crew... And that's what I call maybe a happy accident in a lot of ways where mm-hmm. just you mm-hmm. lose a location, this comes up, but everything fell together. So um, it's a long-winded uh, answer, but I think I've had a bit of a renaissance in my acting because I went, and I've had a lot of auditions recently where I, I just auditioned for a show that shoots in Montreal. I can't tell you what show it is, but uh, I was on my honeymoon <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> and we had to take we had to take the filming equipment down because I had a, a, for this show, I have a, you know, a callback mm-hmm. and the producer at the end of it I, I did two I did I did the scene they had one scene for this character and we did it twice and they really liked it and I said earlier I prepared this other smaller scene that you didn't ask for but it's really I think a key to the character and they said yeah well let's see how the first bit goes and we'll maybe see that so I did my two scenes and they said yep we want to see this other one and so my wife is there obviously and we, she reads with me all the time and we read the scene and one of the producers just said Alex that was great he said um, I felt so sorry for you, your character, but I also think you may have been the murderer. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Cause uh-huh. that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I wanted. And you nice. know, but that's just yeah. it. Like it's been, it's been a quiet time. So I've done a lot more voice work, more teaching, not a lot on camera. And, but funny enough, now this other stuff's come up. I do this. I get asked out of the blue to this short film. And it's one of the best things I think I've ever done in my life. And now on, at the Whistler film festival on December 3rd, the Whistler International Film Festival, uh, a, mm-hmm. a romantic, sorry, a comedy drama called uh, Drink Water is premiering at the Whistler Film Festival. Well, it's not; it's having its Whistler premiere. It's been elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's doing really mm-hmm. well, starring Eric McCormick, uh-huh. and I play the coach of this young boy who, and it's based on a true story. Uh, a young guy who's like his dad's really dysfunctional, kind of like you know, a bit of a vagabond sort of character. And uh, he wants to go to college, but there's no money. And, uh, you know, he hasn't saved for the future, his son's future. And and how did the struggle of doing this? And I encourage this kid to get into this cross-country running because there's a scholar, $10,000 scholarship involved. And mm-hmm. uh, and as a director, uh, Stephen Campanelli, who has been the Steadicam and second unit director for Clint Eastwood for years, um, and he said, like, you know, you, your character's kind of like the backbone of the film because you're the one that gets the kid going. And I'm like, oh, wow, I never really looked at it that way. But, yeah, you're right, I guess. But they let me go and improv, and I had a Zoom, I had a Zoom call back in my living room last, last year, and they loved it. I ended up shooting it, and it's one of the funniest, coolest, best things I've ever done, I think. And it's, it's won a bunch of Audience Choice Awards already. It's doing super well. So we just bought awesome. tickets last night to go to Whistler to go see it. So I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to mm-hmm. seeing that. So That's there awesome. you go. That, uh we got some listeners that are uh, that are, I guess, within striking distance of Whistler, uh, but so uh, you know, hopefully they'll be uh, seeing your lovely face taking care of business on the screen there. That's that's fantastic. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, it'd be great. Everybody come say hi. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Alex, for taking time talking with us. We really, really yes. appreciate it a lot. Uh, this has been a delight. And uh, Cheers, thanks man. for all your work that you've been doing. And yes, yeah. you want and elsewhere. And we're looking forward to keeping on seeing you. 
Thanks. And everybody out there, just, you know, keep her, keep a level head. We're going to get through all this interesting COVIDness, and maybe it's the new norm of dealing with it, but let's all be kind to each other and uh, have a little patience and we're going to, we're going to make it through. Well, look at that. That dudes, we talked to Alex Zahara. I know. I know. Can you believe that? (laughs) That That was was awesome. A delightful conversation. And Uh, he gave us so much time too. I really like that. Oh yeah. 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 No. When, uh, so one of the things that I learned quite a while ago is ages ago in another lifetime, I used to do, uh, a lot of behind the scenes work for a community art fair in the city that I live in and, uh, had the opportunity to do some media for that art fair three, three years, four years, something like that. I mean, I did it a number of times. So I was working with a media group that we had hired for that purpose of, uh, I can't, it's not a promotional group, but whatever. But they 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 taught me a lot about how to pitch to uh, media specifically. And so normally when I reach out to people, I'm you know David. Number one, thank you for doing all the hard oh, work sure. on this one. Secondly, thank you Kimberly, listener Kimberly, for uh, connecting us with uh, the person who knows Alex. I mean that's kind of how this whole thing worked out. Yeah. Um, Indeed. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Kimberly. I take it upon myself to write up a darn tidy email with a couple of bold things to make sure okay we care you know read this sentence read that sentence that's the main part but you know the, the, the if you care for the detail here's the detail so if you don't want to think about the detail here it is and so i usually try to pitch this thing as like uh you know what we're only going to take about maybe 15 minutes of your time like keep it short keep it sweet time is valuable if you're willing to talk with us that's tremendously wonderful Alex was ready to just keep talking, man. Yeah, he, he was. Oh, it was so much fun having that conversation with him. Yeah, I, there was uh, an off recording bit where he said he had done an interview and say, and they only used five minutes. I thought we were going to go for a lot longer. So, well, yeah. no, that story yeah. is even worse than that. Like, they didn't tell him how long. So he yeah. actually asked <laughs> us, "How long should we talk?" And yeah. we're like, "Well, uh, we don't want to take any more of your time than you want to give, uh, but you know, within reason, we'll talk as long as you want." And yep. he was doing another interview, and they did not make that clear. And so yep. they only wanted a five-minute little blip. And he just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked <laughs> because he was just telling his story. Yeah, and and then great. they got really mad at him because they were yes. just looking for this three, four-minute blip. Well, yeah. we were not going to be mad. We aren't mad. That was a lovely conversation. Thank you, Alex, yeah. for having that conversation with us. That was so much fun. And without spoiling, I have some other irons in the fire. Oh. And I I use that concept of we'll take as much time as you're willing to give up, but we're not asking for any more time than you're willing to give up. Yep. yep. And you know, I've gotten a nibble thanks to a listener. Nice. Well, more on this as it proceeds. I'm not promising anything. It may nope. come back in tears. Who knows? So, so oh, like yeah, it's no. a difficult like time of year. If we right had now. a video cast here, you'd be seeing me waving my arms and just <laughs> excited uh, because honestly, I never expected. Ever, really. But even when I started this podcast with you, Brent, I never expected that that I would have had an opportunity to talk with one of the showrunners, one of the, the writers, yep. Joseph Malazzi, yep. Uh, yep. nor one of the significant actors of Alex Zahara yes. in, in the, the guest acting realm of that. Uh, and, and to think that, that we have a couple of irons in the fire of possibilities, uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, I, I never a lot of fun. expected this to to be something that I would be privileged enough to be a part of. 
Yep. And what I would say is the ability to get one interview actually leads to the ability to get another one. Because as yes. you can start saying, we've talked to this person and this person and this person, it's like, well, I want to be part of this. Yeah. At least yes. that's my point of view. So yeah, yeah it, uh, I'll give you, you know, updates as we go. Uh, I got one listener who knows who we're talking about, but let, we'll keep radio silence on that name for now. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, anything. plus, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, keeping radio silence is also good for a couple of reasons. First, yeah. might just might not work out. Yeah. And not for any bad reason, just might not work out. And, and not better to not necessarily get the expectations up in case it just can't work out. Yeah. Now, that um, being said, if any of you listeners have special contacts, sure. you can become one of my many minions. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Contact me on Discord. Give up the contact information yeah i will exploit you (laughs) (laughs) i mean at least he's being honest about it you know you know what you're signing up for on that yeah yep (laughs) all right um so it is that time in our podcast that we have now looked back at season six but now it's time to look forward to season seven uh david you did some youtube searching and you found a really nice couple minute uh promo video for the whole season seven is that correct that is true um there is there are several people who do this on youtube there's one guy and sorry i I can't remember your name it's in the video he's done a beautiful job of editing together now last year i used his and i cut it down because he gave away a lot of spoilers I didn't want to use. This mm-hmm. one was beautiful on its own. It only had one one and a half second spoiler, which I have censored in the okay. video. <laughs> but uh, you will see it is exactly online. Now, we're not going to put it on our YouTube channel because it's this guy's work. It's somebody else's work. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to take credit for anyone else's work. Uh, we'll give a link to it in the Facebooks and the Discords great. for when everyone sees it. But he did a great job, sets up the drama without spoiling much at all, except, again, the one scene, which I thought, no, you don't need to see that yet. You need to see that when it happens. Okay. So yep. it's about two two minutes, ten seconds, give or take. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, all right. My promo for Season 7. I have tried, I have tried to remember who I was before. Out of all the planets in the galaxy, why this one if not for us to find you? You are Daniel Jackson. You're a member of my team, SG-1. Who knows, maybe the whole thing is punishment for trying to help us. He did say he was breaking some pretty big rules. You will suffer greatly. I won't tell you anything. Yes, you will. Daniel just found evidence, and Unis might have been in the area. I gotta show some results. Colonel, you don't understand. Unis are territorial, and when provoked, they can be extremely dangerous. Welcome home, Jonas Queen. Whoa! Still don't realize who you are talking to! I don't give a damn! You don't belong in that man's body, and I intend to take it back! Oh, nice! How many warriors have to die? Our sisters in your care will be returned safely. Anubis is gathering the full force of his fleet. We'll be here. Leave me alone and shut that damn thing off! These people are risking their lives for us. I want to see! Fire! He is Jeff up. No, but he plays one on TV. (laughs) When Colonel Mayborn and yourself were stranded off the world, Major Carter felt a similar sense of frustration. She despaired and thought of never seeing you again. The answer is in there. We don't find the lost city. We're as good as dead. Fire the hole! It appears that Daniel Jackson and Dr. Lee have been kidnapped. What's his name? Pete Shanahan is a cop. You're the type of person who would give his own life for someone he doesn't even know. I want to know everything we can about this warrior. We get paid for this, right? Welcome back. Oh! 
Ooh, nice with the text too. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Uh-oh. <laughs> if I should die, it is my wish that you watch over Ryak. Don't you dare leave us now. We won. Please, Jack. Oh, man! <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> wow. Wow, holy cow. So uh it's a big season. It is. So so uh so Dan, so so Daniel is uh he's he's not done, is he? <laughs> okay, so the big question is did you pick up the threads that we're going to see Daniel again? So in so, season 7. Yeah, so the the short answer is yes. Um the the slightly longer answer I think I had kind of accidentally been dropping breadcrumbs without realizing yeah. it all this time of me being like, wait a minute. I thought I saw, did I see? And I was genuinely like, it wasn't until, um, it actually, it was, you can blame Apple for this one. Um, obviously the threads have been getting set up and that Michael Shanks made so many guest appearances in season six was definitely worth noting i was sitting there like man he's you know for for being done with the show he's not really done with the show um but uh uh all of those stupid spoilery things that i accidentally came across over the years without really knowing what i was seeing suddenly were coming back and then hit the nail on the head when i finished uh season six episode 22 or whatever it was and Apple was like, great, do you want to start season seven, episode one? And guess whose face is sitting there right front and center? <laughs> Just big old, big as life. I was like, oh, there's there's Daniel Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, speaking as a listener of your show as well, we can all appreciate your emotions going through this at the end of season five when you were, yeah. I don't think I'm going to see Daniel again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then so the tease that was is a coming really through. Exciting moment um, yeah. for me to be part of when we were looking at uh, Daniel's death and your emotional investment with that. I'm like, well, okay, he's dead, but he'll come back. It soon. was great, and that'll be it. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, he's not coming back next season. He's done. He's 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 like dead, dead. And then all of a yeah. sudden, you're just like, what? <laughs> and, and I mean, I. I I, I just, I was like, oh my goodness! I, I just that that realization there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I definitely thought with him getting ascended that he was going to be. Uh, let me let me. Every word is precise in its order on this one. I thought when I saw Daniel get ascended that he was absolutely going to be back, and then. Uh, when we were talking about it and Zach, you were like, no, this is it. Like that's him leaving. Then it was like, I, there was confusion and like, at like six different levels, including, wait, did I see what I thought I saw? And I, you know, I'm referring to like box art of seasons seven, eight, nine, whatever, you yeah, know, you had mentioned that, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're Daniel's on it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I see that? I, maybe I didn't, maybe I, maybe I'm mistaken. Um, and then going through the whole thing of like, wait a minute, that that was that was a lovely character. Oh my gosh, like what's going on? And then seeing seeing him back in Abyss was 
super great. Yeah. Super great. Super duper great. Seeing him back in um, Ch- The Changeling was a lot of fun because it was a slightly different character, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was, but it wasn't. Uh, and then seeing him go just all in with Full Circle, oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. So I'm glad to hear that I'll be seeing more of him. That's super great. Yeah. As you said, when he left the show, it was he didn't like the directions they were taking his character. He was getting bored with Daniel yeah. Jackson as written. And in season six, I guess in the negotiation said, okay, here's what we want to do with you. If we did this, would you come back? And it was, yeah. I like and, that. And his Pete. basic idea was, well, if you had done this with my character from the get-go, I wouldn't have even left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And again, speaking yeah. as a listener of your show, watching or listening to your reactions of watching this for the first time is one of the joys of listening to it. Because, yeah. you know, Zach, I like your discussion, your in-depth analysis. That's great. But listening to you going, oh, my God, that's whatever your reaction is. That's yeah. great. One of the things I like to waste my time with on the Internet is uh, music reaction videos where someone's uh-huh. yeah. watching a video that or a song that I've loved from 20, 30, 40, oh my God, 40, 50 years ago, unfortunately, yeah. listening to it for the first time and going, this song was amazing. My parents had great taste in music. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the same approach. It's like, yes, this is what we've been talking about all along, yeah. and I'm enjoying your journey through this. Yeah. The highs no. and the lows. Yeah. <laughs> or in some cases, it being the same thing. See, Bane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Both a high and a low. Yeah, high and low at the same time. All right. <laughs> so, Brent. Yeah. You've had our conversation. You've mm-hmm. seen the promo video for season seven. Yeah. What are your predictions for this season? What do you expect to see? What do you expect to happen? So, typically, when we get to this part of our little wrap-up thing, obviously, I have been trying to kind of answer it seriously, but also definitely try to find some things to make funny. I'm going to just go 100% straight on this one. Like, um, and there and there's a little bit of meta information, unfortunately. And I don't mean, like, spoilers that I picked up. I mean, but, like, look, somebody took the time to make a Season 7 trailer, uh, you know, David found it and said, you know what? This is actually fantastic. And that trailer is capturing some amazing emotional moments. Like, what? Uh, what What did Amanda Tapping have to do to get that much anger on her face for that one shot in that? Like, that was, whoa. Um, that's a far cry from that season one Amanda Tapping that we were just talking about, Zach, you and me with the Knox. Like, right. Uh, it's so different and so good. All right, so predictions. Um, the Abydos chapter has closed. We're wrapping up. We're opening up a new one. Okay, Michael Michael Shanks coming back as Daniel Jackson, the Ascended, who apparently forgot a bit about himself. Uh, Unas are making a big appearance back. Um, obviously Anubis is being Anubis. Uh, lots of space battley things. All right, okay. Here's my predictions. Okay. Um. I think that we're going to have effectively kind of a parallel story arc through the season. I think that we are getting closer to what amounts to a single story in the season than we have before. In the old times, it was really episodic. I think we're going to be making a hard shift into very much more 
season-long arc stories, but I think there's going to be kind of a parallel track. Track number one, Anubis as a fallen ancient has all of those infinity stones of power or whatever he got there at the end and then starts using them. And that's bad news bears. Very, very bad news bears. How Earth survives, I'm actually going to put a giant question mark in. Maybe this is the season where they do something like they did in Enterprise where Earth kind of didn't. Um, like, the, like, Maybe they're going to tell an alternate story, you know, an alternate reality story in a manner of speaking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, Earth is going to be actually in big, big trouble. Parallel to that, there's going to be the proper integration of the ancients into this storyline. They're not here anymore. The only ones who are around are ascended. They're on record as being, uh, you know, isolationists. They're not going to help. But how is Daniel being ascended and Omadisala being ascended as they're sort of discovering their own path on that one? How do, as Daniel discovers his path and who he is, how does that then intersect with this ascendant? Wow, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, I meant that word. The ascendant descended ascended. <laughs> ascendant T. Uh, uh, Anubis, who is the descended ascended. Um, <laughs> how is that going to intersect the there? The formerly ascended. Yeah, right? Like the artist formerly known as ascended. Oh, um, boy. You're making this uh, hard to type. I just want to say, point out that out here. I'm very sorry. All right, it's so okay. The, We're get, you're getting the plot points. Yeah. The gist is that there is, there's, there's a major story about Anubis being very, very powerful and very, very bad. And running alongside of it is the single hope for kind of stopping him, which is uh, basically upping the game of power within the framework of Earth and our allies through the avenue of the Ascended, uh, culminating with those two forces meeting at the end of the season. And like, what's going to happen there? And how is that going to resolve? And how is that going to set up? And I... If I, I don't care if I'm right or wrong, I'm super excited to get into season seven. But I got a feeling that we're going to have a bit more of the of these thread lines that are much more solid than these episodic things. There's going to be episodes. It's going to be episodic in certain ways for sure. But we're going to have we're going to have some throughput here. So those are my predictions. Okay. okay. Um, I think I got that reasonably well. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> we, we, you can tweak it later, but yeah. Yeah, sure. <sighs> thanks for uh, thanks for letting me ramble. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. I'm so excited. I am so excited to get going. Oh, man. Okay, now, Zach. Yes. Um, we have an idea. Not an idea. Uh, you had a suggestion of, you did this once before or twice before, of I'll read you the episode title. You're going to give me one or two words to describe, or maybe three or four, the plot right. of season seven. We good? Okay. So I, I okay. Might, some of these I'm going to have to pass on because I'm fuzzy on them. Okay. But let's, right. let's see how I do here. All right, okay. Episode one, Fallen. Daniel's back. Episode... <laughs> Good, okay. Episode two, Homecoming. Um, let's see here. Uh, what can I say that doesn't spoil too much of it? Ugh. I can give you one word. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Jonas. Okay. Fragile Balance, episode three. Uh... It's getting difficult, isn't it? Uh, genetic manipulation. Okay. Mm. Episode four, Orpheus. 
I'm going to pass on that. I can't think of what that one is. Okay. I'll probably kick myself as soon as I hear about it, but right now I can't think Okay. Of it. Episode 5, Revisions. Uh, Brain Manipulation. Mm. Okay. Episode 6, Lifeboat. More brain manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Episode 7, Not the Movie, Enemy Mine. Ooh. Uh, Same name, different story. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Naquida? Okay. Nice. Episode 8, Space Race. Those aliens are back. That's several words. <laughs> okay. It's a few words. Okay. Episode 9, Avenger 2.0. Those guys are back! <laughs> Episode 10, Birthright. Uh, another Star Trek crossover. <laughs> well, that's not really the plot, but you're not oh, wrong. Oh, okay, let me try again. Let me try that again. Um, Amazonians. Uh, episodes 11 and 12, Evolution Parts 1 and 2. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> episode 13 grace uh, stranded on a boat okay uh, i don't know that you're correct anyway am i episode, wrong <laughs> um i think that was the episode lifeboat which no, was there a, no no okay no, it, no. i'm no. reading the wiki summaries <laughs> you're not <laughs> episode 14 fallout uh I can't remember what this one's about. Episode 15, Chimera. And I'm blanking on this one. Episode 16, Death Knell. Uh-oh, 2.0. <laughs> Episodes 17 and 18, Heroes, Part 1 and 2. <sighs> True Heroes. Hmm. Episode 19, Resurrection. Um... Daniel's back <laughs> <laughs> again. Well, Daniel is back, but <laughs> um, so how was that? Um, uh, let's see here. Okay, so that one is uh, you're fighting for this one, aren't you? No, I'm. I'm trying to decide how to say this without giving too much away, or, or mm. um, say superpowers. I'm Okay. Uh, is that is that the right one? Am I thinking about the right one? Um I maybe that's yeah, I'm uh, resurrection no, would no, be a superpower. No, 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 no. This one ah, oh, I can't remember. I remember I'm fuzzy on some of these actual anyway, let's just keep moving on. I I would have said hybrid. Anyway. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Episode 20. So so I'm going to go back and say <laughs> hybrid. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I I was how clever of you! Yeah, you know what I, you know what I'm going to say. What hybrid? Hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> hybrid 3.0 there. Okay, next episode, episode 20, inauguration. Oh, I bet I know what that one's about. Uh, new president. Let me guess his name. Okay, you guess his name. Kinsey. Okay, you have guessed his name. Let's move on. Yes, you have indeed guessed his name. A name. You guessed a name. Okay. <laughs> Episodes 21 and 22, Lost City, Parts 1 and 2. Epic. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Very good, except for the ones you couldn't do, but yes. Well, you know, I, like, I, haven't, it's tough. I, I haven't actually looked at these. 
I did not look at any uh, descriptions ahead I'm, of time. Good job for remembering those aspects then. Yes. So, uh, well done. Uh, we should have. Somebody should have written those down. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Didn't. Shut up. Would have. Could have. I, oh, well, I can listen back to it later. Well, that's true. That, well, if, yeah. if you want, you can uh, uh, do that. Yeah. Sure. All right, Brent. We're coming yes. up to the end of season six, and I look forward to season seven. Yep. And as we've mentioned before, the next episode is Fallen. Mm-hmm. And while I described it as Daniel's back, I want mm-hmm. from you a prediction of what Fallen is actually about. Fallen. Yeah, okay. pretend like you haven't seen that season seven promo. Okay, all right, fine. All right, Fallen. <clears throat> Next time on the season premiere of Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. And immediately they find themselves singing. I keep on falling in and out of love with you. I never found someone. Wait, is that how the lyrics go? I don't know. I don't know, know. I don't know what song you're singing. Fallen by Alicia Keys. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that they, song. Anyway, so they go, <laughs> they go to a strange new world, and they find Alicia Keys sitting up on a dais, and she's playing the piano, and she's saying, "What do you mean?" You're, and she starts playing. I never found someone the way I love you. Who sings that song? Alicia Keys. You should let her do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just tickled my funny bone. Maybe we should do video things so you can see <laughs> me burning holes through something, the ether right now. I feel it. Uh, anyway, all right, so they go to the Strange New World, and there's Alicia Keys on the dice, and she's playing her song, but we're moving away. Instead, we're going to take a look over here and pretend that Brent didn't see at the beginning or hear Zach talk about Daniel being back, and what are we going to find? We're going to find the beginning of the end for our dear heroes. Indeed, with, An- with Anubis having the-, the Infinity Gauntlet and all the stones of power and having all- the ability to pu- summon the five elements of harmony together, he has found a way to cause a complete and utter f- singularity in both space and time. We're going to come back to one of our favorite things that we like to talk about, time dilation. Now, Unbeknownst to Brent, this sets up the entire season as having taken place in merely but a dream, which allows for seasons <laughs> 8 and 9 and 10 to take us to other heights entirely. But Brent doesn't know that yet. They collapse deep, deep, deep into the gravity well that is fallen. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, Season 7, Episode 1, Fallen. That is astounding. Epic. Yes. Did I get it? I, I'm oh, speechless. You got mm. absolutely. Even the guest appearance by Alicia Keys, who wasn't a thing back in 2003. Alicia Keys was totally a thing. No, she totally wasn't. Yes, she was. How? how like, this is where she made her debut. That's right. Well, the, we're time dilation. Time dilation. That's how this yeah, works. Time dilation. Yeah. That, that, that accounts for it. There we go. Okay. Yep. I'm excited to see Alicia Keys. Okay. Well, um, Alicia Keys notwithstanding... Yes. Uh, I'm going to spoil the promo for you, Brent, okay? Alicia does uh, not show up in the promo. Not in this universe. Okay. Oh. Different but universe in and yours. in the episode. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Got it. There, there is a universe where Alicia Keys is in this episode. 
and she's a member of SG2. Indeed. Ah, there we go. Uh, she was actually married to Kowalski. Uh-huh. But, but oh. uh, not anymore. Not in this universe. Yeah. Not in this universe. Kowalski's dead. Yeah. yeah. Or is he? Or, <laughs> well, you know, in that universe, he's not dead. I mean, we didn't tell who resurrected in the third, fourth, the last episode there. We've ah. seen episodes where he was alive. We have? Yeah. It was the but first Quantum Mirror episode, anyway. But have we seen them where he's undead? Ah. Mm. SG1 well. zombies. <laughs> so, Brent. Yes. We have a very good friend. His name is David, and he yes. is willing Hello. to put these promos together for us every week as we do this and he produced yes. a promo of fallen for us to watch and witness as we get ready for the season are you ready to watch it yes i am all right with that i am hitting play now on the season premiere of stargate sg1 mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. on a remote planet someone has been found it's a naked jackson That's, that's I good right there. And at Stargate Command, another discovery has been made. I got it. The Lost City. You found it? Yeah, only it's not the Lost City. It's the City of the Lost. Do you have a gate address? Oh! But in the City of the Lost, will they find allies or enemies? Point is, we're not your enemy. I cannot believe what you are searching Uh-oh. for is here. I agree. Shall I target their base, my lord? No. Recall the ground troops. Okay. It's all next time on the season premiere of Stargate SG-1. There he is. There he is. Yeah! Woohoo! All right! Oh, man. I cannot wait to get going. I gotta wait. We gotta wait. But uh, I'm ready. I am ready for season one, man. Season one? Ha! That's funny. Season seven. Ready for season seven. Absolutely. Um, Well, we will get to Fallen on our next podcast. Um, Dear listeners, uh, as we record this, this is the 11th of December. Mm-hmm. And this will, as uh, soon as Dave, uh, as soon as Brent is able to mix all of this together, we'll get that no, out to you that. listening. <laughs> It'll probably be tomorrow. Yep. Well, whatever. One of you two. Once it's mixed it's me. in. <laughs> it ain't me. Yep. <laughs> in any case, we'll get this mixed and get out to you and you'll be listening to it and you'll be have just excitement here galore with, with that. Oh, yeah. Such. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Um, now, the plan is to give you all a wonderful Christmas gift. Yay! Yay! The Christmas gift is... Season 7 for us begins Christmas Day. At least that's when Yay! we're recording. You might not get until Boxing Day, but... Yeah, it's going to be Boxing Day for everybody else, but that's okay. There you go. So... Yeah. All right. Looking forward to it. Yay. All right. I'm so looking forward fun. to it as well. Um, so, tell us what you think about Season 6 uh, or Season 7 or whatever. You can email us or Facebook us or, or Twitter us or Discord us or or any of those things or, or website. What a, you got it all. Until then. That's right. I'm Zach. I'm Brent. And I'm David. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.